This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. You are listening to the world's best wrestling podcast. Your favorite wrestling podcast i am the king of banter kenta kobashi of sex i left that one out last week and a good family man joe lanza and this is the voice of wrestling flagship podcast and unfortunately we will not be joined by rich Krejci once again maybe he got lost in the desert maybe he uh suffered from dehydration in the desert maybe he got buried in the desert i don't know but i don't think rich is here rich are you there I'm here. Yeah, I came. I'm I'm on here. I'm on the show this week. So you survived. The I desert. survived. I survived the scorpion attacks and the dehydration and the uh, unbearable heat of a hundred degrees. Which <laughs> at one point, I, when on your rant last week, you were talking about the temperature, and I, I I loved the 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 small bit of humility you had as you were looking at the average temperatures for Death Valley. Uh, in April, and it was probably, I don't know, it was like 92 or something like that, or 93, something like that was the average temperature in April, and I'm sure, like, I don't know what the te- temperature is in Texas right now, but I'm sure there's not that much of a difference between what it was in Death Valley uh, and what it was in Texas. But yes, I survived the unbearable heat, uh, and somehow, someway, I survived uh, the terrible town known as Las Vegas, but I'm here, I'm back, so. It's uh, currently 83 degrees at 7.49 p.m. Oh. Here in College Station. See, now Texas. that, now, for all your desert takes, the desert gets pretty cool at night. That 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 is one benefit of the desert that uh, I do not get here in Chicago in the summer when it's just unbearably hot the entire uh, day. You do not get that in Texas, and I, I've only been to Texas briefly where it was just unbearably hot the entire day, and it never let up. Uh, that is one benefit to the desert, that in the middle of the night, the desert does get a little cold, so. Listen, you're not going to sell me on the idea that it's not. <laughs> Look, for the record as well, and, 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 and we do, I, I do bring this up on, on the Fired Up episode, patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling, the Fired Up with the nurse. Uh, I mean, the, $5 the desert, tier. Five dollars here, of course. Uh, the desert was like one day, two days of our entire trip. Like, you, you conveniently left out, like, Yosemite National Park and the giant sequoia trees and the snow that we had 12 hours later after the 100 degrees or whatever. That may have been my fault by not telling you that I was in all those places because I, I don't know if I did. But, uh, yeah, you really you really honed in on the Death Valley portion of the uh, uh, the trip, which was really essentially just two parts, uh, two two days of the entire thing. Did you know that Death Valley is a desert within a desert bordering another desert? <laughs> it is, yes. The, it's, it's so you got uh, you have the Mojave. It's it's next to the Mojave, but I, I I think it I think it is technically the Mojave, but also technically not. And then I forget what the other desert called uh, to, to the, the the north of it is called. But yes, it is indeed a desert within a desert within a desert. Did you see any scorpions? No, I didn't see any scorpions. Uh, there was did one. Did you see any? Oh, go ahead. Did you see any snake? Uh, heard some snakes, didn't see any snakes. I don't like hearing snakes either, though, for the record. Not a snake guy. So you didn't see any snakes, but you no. heard some we snakes. We heard some rattlesnakes, yeah. 
You heard rattlesnakes. And then I went. Then I didn't go where it was. I didn't find them. I wasn't like, ah, what's that noise? Let's go find that out. Yeah, we were walking someplace and I heard a little little rattling. And I said, okay, I'm going to go this way because I don't really want to encounter a rattlesnake right now. So that would have been the end of that for me. I would have went home. <laughs> that you, that I, I do have that same thing. Like this is a so this is like a big like when you go to national parks and and the places we where we were it wasn't too bad. Yosemite had a, a few warnings here and there, but when we went to Yellowstone and Grand Teton last year and Rocky Mountain as well. There's all these warnings about bears everywhere. Put your food here because of bears. Do this because of bears. Don't don't leave food in your car because the bears are gonna see it. If you leave food on the seat, the bears are gonna find it. They're gonna see it. And okay, when you're when you're done with your food, put it in this trash bin because the bears can't get into this one. And th- and bear this and bear that and all all this stuff about bears. And then you go on these hikes and it says, oh, beware of bears. And if you see a bear, do this and, and act like this in front of a bear. And it, don't run away. Be f- strong and be tall in front of the bears. All these, you read all these signs about these goddamn bears. And then what happens is you go on these hikes and you're walking around or whatever. And then people think that they see bears. And you would think that the reaction would be, let's get the fuck away. I don't want to encounter a bear because that's my reaction. I don't want to encounter a bear. I have really no need to say, hey, let me see if the bear will be scared that I am acting tall and making noise. Like, I don't I don't want to take my chances with their, you know, their fucking paws that can rip my face off or whatever the hell. I bear bear claw claw. I'd be a claw, not a paw. Um, But these there are like these people that the second there might be a bear. All of a sudden, everybody runs up and they're 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 oh my god! I, I think this is bear right there. Everyone's having the bear talk. It's like it's like a fender bender or like a, a car accident or like a house fire in your neighborhood. Everybody kind of gathers and talks about the bear and, oh, I think that's a bear. Oh, well, that, I, and I, that is one thing that, that you, I, I, I'm a Joe Lanza, uh, uh, you know, kind of style person with that sort of nature where I'm good. I don't really need to encounter the bear. I don't really need to see the bear. I've seen bears. I see what they look like. I understand what bears look like. I'm good. I don't really need to see a, 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 a one on a hike. I really don't need one attempting to eat my face or whatever it is it is a very weird phenomenon that you would think people would be scared of bears but instead they're they're going out of the way to see oh my god i hope we find a bear i i hope we see a bear on this hike <laughs> like no nah, I'm, I'm i'm good i'm really would rather not see a bear on this entire hike it is it is a very very weird thing well they can get mauled by a bear I right really that's sure. what i'm always just like all right well tell me how that goes because i'm going this way uh, i'm not running away from the bear but i'm going to slowly walk away from the direction where we think the bear might be so did you see any coyotes? Uh, no, heard them. I heard them in the distance. I didn't see any You heard coyotes. a coyote. So I, there's coyotes in my backyard. <laughs> like that, I just saw a coyote literally two days ago walking in my backyard. So, no, that, that is not an exotic desert thing either. So Did you see any cactus or cacti? Yes. Yes, yes Joe, you, I saw a cactus. Did you get pricked on a cactus? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I touched one just to see, you know. I knew it was going to happen, but, you know, you got to touch one anyway. Wait, so you intentionally got pricked? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Why would you do that? Are you some kind of uh, uh, masochist? <laughs> masochist, yes, yes. I like I like needles and, and stuff. And I don't know. I, I didn't like yeah, I just kind of like, I was like, hey, how prickly is this one? It was it was pretty prickly. So. Um, Did you wipe your brow at some point and say, man, it's hot in this desert? Believe it or not, I don't sweat that much in deserts. I, it, it is it, it is one of those dry heat things. I don't. I really don't. Like I sweat more. I sweat more when we got to the airport back in Chicago than I did, you know, there the entire time we were in the desert. The entire time we were in Death Valley. Like that 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 heat doesn't do it for me. Whereas like I, when I went to San Antonio that one time, many many years ago, I went to San Antonio for a weekend. It was like some work thing. I brought. I don't know. I was a weekend, so I probably brought like three or four shirts. It was like a work conference thing, so I brought some polo shirts and then some, you know, going out shirts with, you know, later. I sweat through every one of my shirts within a half a day that I was there. 
It was fucking disgusting. I so no, I didn't sweat that much. I go, oh boy, it's hot out here, and, and oh my, like you know, as I as I take my hat off and and fan myself. No, I, I didn't sweat too much when I was in the desert. So did you lose weight trekking through the uh, 120 eh, degrees? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I wish. I hopefully. guarantee you hopefully. lost weight. I, I guarantee hope. you yeah, lost I weight. So. Let me tell you something. If I knew I was going to the desert, which by the way, I'm never going to go to the desert. But if I knew I was going to go to a desert, I would weigh myself before I went to the desert. And then I would get a calibrated scale and weigh myself when I returned from the desert because I would want to see how much weight I lost after suffering through uh, the desert. Um, did you find the heat unbearable when you were in the desert? Not at all. No, yourself, I love it. I love it. Did you ever consider uh, wearing garb like a sheik, like uh, <laughs> no. with the, the thing around your head and um, – you know, like Lawrence like, of Arabia is what you're. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, No, I did not ever cool. <laughs> consider you know, donning the Lawrence it, of Arabia outfit. It keeps the heat off. It keeps the sun off your body, but it's right, light right, and right, right. You know, right. so it doesn't. You don't burn, but it also keeps you cool. You didn't consider. I that. did. I did not consider it. No, I. I uh, no, I would have really. considered that. I think I would have considered. You know that whole getup, like, 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 uh, like, like. Uh, you know, like uh, General Adnan Al Casey from the <laughs> right, NWA, right. or 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 <laughs> who was the guy in Texas? Uh, the other, the guy, Devastation Incorporated guy. Uh, 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 oh help right, me out here, uh, yeah. Oh, class. oh, what the hell was his name? <laughs> it, it, uh, shoot, uh, Akbar, Akbar, right? Yeah, like like Scanner, General Scanner Akbar. Akbar. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would have I would have considered like one of those outfits if I was going to a desert. Now that I know? would like to see, I'd actually really, really like to see Joe Lanza trekking in a desert in a Scanner Akbar outfit. Would be pretty cool, I think. Chomp with the big cigar. Too. Yeah, right, but right. They, just going like, ah, oh, goddamn it, <laughs> it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though I think you would enjoy it, le- I honestly, it's way less unbearable than texas is because you have the, the humidity in texas that's what you have well, in, in look, chicago too look, that that's unbearable that fucking sucks well also i also have scorpions and snakes where right I'm you have all these things right. <laughs> and i i can find cactus if i drive 20 minutes I, but so it was all but, that but i had mountains and sand dunes and and, and beautiful limestone you know uh, colored uh mountains like i was watching i was doing all that stuff so it's like yeah, yeah you yeah. know i don't know if i'd ever describe limestone as beautiful i don't know <laughs> I think that's what separates you and me. I don't know. I think I'd look at the limestone and say, "Oh, well, you know, it's a fucking rock. What do you want from me?" But, but, uh, did you encounter any? I'm not done with questions. No, please go. Yeah, this is great. Did you encounter any of those? Now, follow me here. Like you see in a cartoon or like a an old movie. Did you encounter any of those like skulls? With the horns on oh, the skull, yeah, yeah, like yeah, just like a sitting dead, on the side of the road, yeah, like a dead steer maybe, skull or whatever. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, but I, just I, the skull, and then maybe there's a vulture pecking at it. You know, <laughs> did saw, you encounter any I of that? I saw vultures. I saw vultures and, and and gigantic fucking ravens, just the biggest ravens I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, uh, we're gonna get to the birds. Yeah, they're eating, I, they're I eating well. The birds are eating well, but uh, no, I did not. I did not see the the steer skull by itself. I did see some some ghost towns, some very fun ghost towns in, in, in Death Valley, but no, no. Wait, hold on! Whoa, 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 you can't blow through that. Like a legitimate ghost town, like abandoned in eighteen sixty. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few of them. What? Yeah. The buildings are still standing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
there's not like derelicts living in them or something? Uh, so there's one town that we drove up to that I was positive derelicts lived in, so we didn't go to that one. So that was uh, uh, Trona, uh, California, which I had no... I think I Actually, I think Trona, California might be a real town still, but it appeared to be a, t- a ghost town. So uh, that one looked like a great place to score uh, heroin, so we, we we went past that one. But there's there's Rhyolite, which is... Uh, I think that one's actually ran by... Uh, by like the you know national or Nevada state or something like that, but there's there's plenty, yeah, there's plenty of little ghost towns in there. Wait a minute, okay, no, no, hold on, I have more questions. Yeah, please. So go. are these like tourist attractions where there's a guide and he'll say, this "No, used no, to be the saloon." No, because there is one of those. The- there is, there's, I, I've been to one of those. It's like called Calico or something like that, and that's one where it's like, "Howdy, partner, welcome to Calico." Right. Like this here's the bill. Like this, no, these are like legitimately just like people fucking left, and 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 they're just sitting there desolate. Now in the keep your of eye out for bandits, like <laughs> right? Kind of stuff. And then a guy, bow, yeah, the saloon door swings open, and a, and a guy in a, a big mustache comes, comes out. Bam, 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 bam. Well, <laughs> and the sheriff has to come see you. Right. Yes, no, I no. those. It's not. It was not those. No, these are. You know me better than that. You think I would go to one of those towns? Get out of here. <laughs> it's like Westworld. <laughs> yeah, get but, out of here. <laughs> but uh, okay, so these are just legitimate towns along the path with legitimate abandoned buildings yes. from like 1918 that and people just decided you know what there's no there's wanna, no more gold there's no more gold in this fucking town fuck this shit yeah. we're out of here yeah i don't want to live in the desert there's scorpions and cacti <laughs> they're, they're and it's all 120 degrees yeah. i thought there'd I, be more gold there isn't we're good. right <laughs> i hear coyotes in the distance right. fuck this i'm going to san francisco or whatever the fuck yeah and and then it's just the buildings are still there, like Correct. rickety wooden buildings. Yeah, there's Ballarat. Like, Ballarat was one of them we went to. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, like I said, Trona, but that, that that I think was real town. <laughs> and there's like stuff. a sign over the door that says brothel, right? Like yeah, that's oh, yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of shit you encounter. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's crazy. See, I would think that like yeah, like I would be afraid that they would be like. Uh, inhabited by uh ne'er-do-wells mm-hmm, at this point mm-hmm. who are squatting let's say that you know? that was certainly but uh, yeah, think about like if if you were a ne'er-do-well would you squat in the middle of the desert in a ghost town it's a good point because <laughs> what point. are you gonna that's do probably like, the last place you're, you want to right, squat right right that's why they're there uh, and that's why nobody touches them and that's why they're just there forever is because yeah ne- like you're gonna squat in like a major town in the alley or whatever because you can try to get money you can try to get food you can try to get shelter what are you going to do in, 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 in Ballarat instead of, you know, eat a coyote so is basically all you can do if you can hunt it. So, so there, were no trap houses. there were no trap houses in these. No, no, no choppable trap speak. houses. No normal trap houses. No trap houses. No, so. no trap houses to speak of. Okay. All right. Um, that sounds terrifying. I don't, I don't, I mean, I think I'd like to maybe drive through something like that. I don't know if I'm getting out and taking a picture in front of, you know, what used to be the inn. You know, because I don't know what's going to come out of that building. It could be some kind of animal. Uh, as discussed, it could be some kind of uh, person, a uh, very desperate human. I, I don't want anything to do with the with these ghost towns either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself in the desert. Um, I did not listen to the nurse's rebuttal yet on the Fired Up, but uh, I will be sure to do that. Uh, she is well within her rights. To fire back, so uh, we'll see what she has to say. Yeah, she was she was uh, more upset that you you uh, you invoked the name of Alex Honnold 
that's her, her god yeah. and, and, and savior, Alex Honnold, and then yeah. forgot to mention that we went to Yosemite where, where, you know, where Free Solo was filmed. That entire part, El Cap. I don't, you know, I don't, rem- I don't remember that, that the wall from. that he's climbing up. That's where we went. So uh, she was okay, very well, upset she that you attempt would attempt that, did she? Uh, she did. Well, no, she went like ten feet up on that wall and then came down. So uh, that's yeah. With, without the gimmicks, was she had the gimmicks? She was attached? free soloing ten uh, feet up. Ten feet up is not very high, Joe. Ten feet absolute up is, maniac. <laughs> right. She's a maniac. No, ten feet up is not hard. She didn't go. Nah, she's a maniac. Do you understand what ten feet is? You. That, listen, was she hanging off the edge of a cliff no. by a finger like that guy does? No, she. I mean, she you probably see will. Some sometime. of the shit that guy does. Oh, is it's crazy. fucking insane. Yeah, she wants me to watch that movie, and I've watched like ten seconds, and then I'm just like, I need to turn this off. I don't like this. Yeah, it, it, it. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan at all. Every like, all right, spoiler alert. But like every twelve, <laughs> every twelve minutes in that movie, like he comes on screen and he goes, like the like some guy that just talked about him. Right, like every twelve minutes, they say. Sadly, Jim fell off a mountain and died a week after. It's like everyone he knows falls off of these fucking mountains and dies. Right? It's 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 what kind of hobby is this? <laughs> you're 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 asking the wrong guy. I don't understand it at all either. So it's insane. This that's not a hobby. Like if every twelve minutes a wrestling podcaster died, while <laughs> right? I don't about, think I would do this. <laughs> Right, that'd be it for me. Like uh, that, no more wrestling Dantaku breakdowns. I'm sorry, I'd have to shut it all down. You know what I mean? Like everyone this man knows, like dies in that fucking movie, and then he gets his girlfriend into climbing with him, which is a huge mistake because then she makes a mistake when they're up on the fucking mountain and they fall and they almost die. Yeah, and, 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 and he nearly makes. kills her. Yeah, or, or, or she nearly kills him. I should say. Yeah. And then he hurts his ankle, and it's like two weeks before he has to do the most dangerous free climbing expedition in the history of mankind. And he and, and he hurts his ankle because she screwed up because he's climbing up the side of a mountain with a novice, right? And then, like, some little kid asks him, you make money doing this? And he's like, eh. He's like, I make the salary of, like, a bank manager, which is a pretty nice salary, but not for hanging off the edge of a cliff. It's not enough money, Rich. I need more money than a bank manager salary if I'm going to be hanging off the edge of a cliff by a fingernail. So uh, anyway, that's that's more Alex Hanel. Hanel what's his last name? Alex Hanel. Uh, Hanel, I believe, is how you pronounce it. So. Absolute fucking sicko. Now, I got respect for that. That's the kind of balls that I will never have. Okay, I'm the guy hopping back in the car if I hear a rattlesnake and I'm driving home. <laughs> right, right. So listen, respect from that perspective, and it's an incredible what a human being can physically do. You'd never think a human being could physically do what this guy does and with the whole sense of calm that, that he has about it. I mean, for people that don't know, he just climbs up the side of the fucking mountain with nothing. No, it's large. It's a very large. I mean, having gone there, it is even larger than you would even like walking up to it and just looking up and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, how could you walk up to this and go, yeah, I think I'm going to climb that by myself without any sort of gear or anything. That sounds perfect. Like. Climbing it up on any level whatsoever, given how large it is and how flat it is, it, 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 it's pretty remarkable. And then to, to to get up there and look up, like I'm just thinking in my head, like there's no way I do this hike to get up here and then go, all right, yeah, let's get let's do this, let's go all the way up this thing. It's just absolutely fucking insane, it, 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 ridiculous. No, he's got a pocket full of baby powder and like and and granola, <laughs> right? A bag of granola. Yeah, that's what he climbs up the mountain. And with. the best part about it is, and and I don't know if they, I don't know if they mention it in the movie, but we did the hike down that he does. Like, so we we did we did the one way 
up to the, like the top of the mountain and then then back down or whatever. After he does that climb, he has like a, a five mile just like grueling hike to get back to the the ground. It's on. I'd get a fucking helicopter. You know what I mean? I'd say no, 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 no. Give me a goddamn helicopter when I get up there. I just free solo El Cap. Can I? Can the I... helicopter that rescues all the climbers who can't make it <laughs> Right. Up. Like I want that. I'm not gonna that do one to bring me back a down. Five to eight mile hike after I've just got done doing something that no other human ever thought they could possibly do. Like fuck off. No, give me the goddamn helicopter. Seriously, Google all of the people that are in that documentary, and they're all dead. Most of them are dead. Yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> They've all fallen off of something. Like, he's going to die. That guy is going to die. He's going to fall off a mountain. Like, I hope the nurse and all of his fans have come to grips with that. You cannot. No one survives that hobby. There's no 98-year-old ex-free solo mountain. They don't exist. Like, he's going to fall off at some point. There, there's points in that climb where he has to literally jump and let go yeah. to get to the next <laughs> I hate it. I, I get nervous thinking about that documentary, for God's sake. So, uh, thankfully, yeah. I don't think the nurse is ever going to free solo anything. I think she's always going to at least have some sort of gear. But who fucking knows? Maybe she's got a death wish. That's you know. Yeah, but she invites death. Like she's one. She of really people. does. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, bring me the death. You know. So who knows? Maybe she'll <laughs> get into. But let's face it, she's not nearly the caliber of athlete who's going to be able to do that. So you don't have anything to worry about. <sighs> yeah, right? I don't think so either. But. I mean, come on. She, she asked her. me, I'm she was like, saying. do you think I could do this? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you cannot do you this. You can't. No. Like, I'm, I'm trying this to be supportive, like, but like, no, like, no, I can't. Like, I'm not going to win the NBA finals. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's no, okay. yeah, I'm like, not even trying to rip her. All I'm saying is like, yeah. this guy's like a superhuman. Like, he's he's not like you. He's like he's not like any of us. Like right now listening to this. He's just he's like just this he's like a different breed of human being to be able to do something like that. The the just the the strength involved and uh you know and, and, and let alone the agility and let alone that thing inside of you that doesn't like warn you that you're in danger. Right, right. Like, well and, and and to kind of circle this back to wrestling, I always bring this up to people that that uh, we'll we'll talk to me about wrestlers and that, oh you know why are you know why are wrestlers so weird and why are they so and it's like well of course they're weird and different and unique or whatever because no normal human being gets into this profession like I've had I had a bunch of buddies that went to wrestling school and trained I had most of them left after like a few weeks because it fucking hurts and you're like what am I doing this for this is so stupid like this is garbage like you go to wrestling school it hurts and then your coach is like all right guys I want you all on Friday to come to you know this high school uh and and set up the ring and wrestle and do all that and it's like oh cool yeah you're not gonna get paid but like you got to do this and you have to do this for like a bunch of years and then maybe uh at some point it'll work so like there's that and then like I had a buddy who actually got past that point and actually was doing shows and doing stuff and then you know you get the uh hey i got you a booking in north dakota so uh you're gonna have to go there on on, on friday and work you know for 25 bucks in north dakota and he's like no why would i do yeah. why would i do that i have a job and a family like why would i get in a car with six other dudes and drive to north dakota or whatever but that's what wrestling is like you have to be a complete idiot to decide this is what i want to devote my life to and and that's that's what makes you really any perfect i mean honestly i guess what we're doing here it makes all, you know we always talk about with this podcast stuff is you got to hey, eat shit for that? years yeah. <laughs> to get to where we got to we had to do so many shows that and nobody listened to yeah <laughs> like, to get to where we got to which yeah. is nowhere which is nowhere yeah uh, um yeah no it's, it, do you do you want to calculate the hours that we've spent doing this you want to you want to do that and then figure out how many no because <laughs> we can figure that out no. right now I've, I've got i would much rather in. not yeah i would like to so, not do that 
some people have that gene where they don't have fear, and some people have that gene where they waste years of their life talking about wrestling Dantaku and destruction from Beep Poo um, for, uh, for uh, you know, uh, I don't even know. I can't even come up with a reason why we do this. But um, to entertain the we masses. We love it. Oh, the entertain. Yeah. It's, we have to entertain the masses. Um, yeah, so you don't have to worry about that. I mean, it just you know, the guy's a fucking world-class athlete. You, you can't just – you can't be a commoner like us and be climbing up the side of that fucking mountain free solo. So you, I don't think you have to worry about that. I, 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 I don't think so. But uh, are you done with your your cross-examination? Because I now have a cross-examination for you whenever you're ready. Oh, so. okay. Well, I think I'm – yeah, okay. Let me have it. So, okay. So I, I we flew into Las Vegas and immediately got the hell out of that town and drove into the desert, as you know. So Very, very uh, odd decision. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't worry. I made a very a, a much worse decision. Uh, on the way back, I decided, well, let's let's go and let's spend an entire day in Las Vegas. Where our flight leaves on, on on Sunday afternoon, so let's drive in on Saturday morning from California, from Yosemite. We're going to drive in from there, you know, check into our hotel and enjoy all that Las Vegas has to offer us in the, in, the, in this one day. Um, Sounds tremendous. I gotta I gotta be honest, Joe. I don't know what you see in that city. When's the last time you've been to Las Vegas? Was it for your wedding? Yes. Okay. I don't know how much has changed. I don't know how much is different. That city's atrocious. I, I cannot stand Las Vegas. I mean, that I would rather be stranded in the fucking Badwater Basin licking salt off the fucking ground while a coyote, you know, like, <laughs> stares at my corpse or my soon-to-be corpse. Uh, you know, I, I that town is ridiculously... I, I cannot even fathom how awful that town is. I... I I don't get it. I just don't, I don't get it. So I, I, I think I need to, you to sell me on it. Maybe not a cross-examination, but I need you to sell me on, on Las Vegas. Why well, Why do I want to to go into it? First off, by the way, I don't, what, when you were there, was, were, was everybody smoking weed the entire time? No. Okay. They do now. So get used to that if you go to Las Vegas again. So I hope you well, like listen, the smell I, of marijuana. I, cause. Listen, um, you know, I'm I'm. I'm not a man who has anything against the devil's lettuce. It may not be for me. Okay. But uh I you know, I didn't know you were on a war against drugs, right? I'm but not that, on a war against drugs, I'm on a war against the constant smell of marijuana everywhere you go in Las Vegas. It's so. Nancy Reagan, everybody. <laughs> yes, I don't right, I don't right. know what's happening. As I'm literally okay. holding a box that has joints in it. <laughs> like this thing right now. You hear that? You hear that little thing has has yeah. stuff in them, but no, I mean, like eventually, I don't want to smell. Like I close that box and I put it away. You know what I mean? Like I don't just sniff it the entire day. Sure. Uh, whereas in Las Vegas, it feels like that that is the intended goal uh, because everybody on the everyone on the streets, everybody in every hallway, in every elevator is just smoking weed the entire time. It is. It is. That's it's that's a lot. A new one. It's that's it's a new one. that I I think is new. So I, I that's why I was curious when you. Uh, got into Vegas, so that that you're part. Telling me it, you're, listen, you're telling me it smells like my garage. Yes, right. It, but, it's your garage everywhere. Yes, <laughs> but did they legalize it or something in the interim? I, I believe understand. I believe like, they did, and yeah, people just now have decided. Well, I'm just going to smoke on the streets now. We're so, going to do it on the street, right? Right, or in the hallway. Like I'm in the Mandalay Bay. I assume that when I go to the Mandalay Bay and I go to my room or I go into the fucking hallway, that I don't have to. It's, it doesn't smell like Joe Lance's garage, and yet <laughs> it smelled like Joe Lance's garage. So it, it was. Uh, a, a, a little strange, but uh, so anyway, you check into this hotel or whatever. You did. The pool was fine. I cannot complain about the pool at the Mandalay Bay. Perfectly fine. Enjoyed it. Um, went to the wave pool. Got a very overpriced drink. Fantastic. Good stuff. Okay, whatever. Uh, I, 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 the walking of the strip. Are you a strip walker or do you just go to a place and that's your place for the entire weekend? Do I? Okay. 
do I strike you as a strip walker? <laughs> you don't. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you pick there's a hotel rich, that has everything in it. Yeah. There's cabs every five feet. Why would I ever walk anywhere? I mean, what are we? What are we even talking about here? Of course, I'm not a strip walker unless it's directly across the street or less than a block away. No, I'm hailing the cab. I'm going, and I'm not even doing it myself. I'm getting the dope at the little podium outside the door to get me a cab if there's not one sitting there. I'm in Vegas. You're taking care of me. I'm on vacation. So, no, I'm not a strip walker. Okay. Cannot that, say. Now, that, now have I ever terrible. walked the strip? Of course I have because sometimes you, you are with people who are like, let's walk the strip. And you're like, ah, fuck Christ. All right, let's walk the yes, and, and, I yeah, was that they, person that made that mistake because that is the t- worst experience you could possibly ever have. You think – it's the Las Vegas Strip. You look at everything down the line. You're thinking, "Oh man, this is. We'll just like walk from this end to that end. We'll maybe we'll pass some place that we want to eat for food. Like we're just gonna do that. We're gonna start here and end there and do all that sort of stuff." If you've never been to Las Vegas and never quote walked the Strip or whatever, it is the most infuriating. Torture. It is absolutely torturous. So you walk a half a block, then you got to go up an escalator, <laughs> and then you yes. got to go through a fucking mall inside. Circus Circus or New York, New York or whatever. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's always the same stores. It's a fucking Hershey store, a Louis Vuitton store, a fucking, it's just like terrible. You come out. And a random Walgreens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's always a Walgreens. (laughs) Then you get down, then you have to go down an escalator. Right. Then you walk another half a block. Then you go up another escalator. (laughs) Yeah, over Uh, a bridge. Over a land bridge. Yeah, then you enter another mall and you're like, oh my God, I just want to get to MGM Grand. (laughs) Like, it's right there. It's it's awful. It's a fucking half a block away. Why did this take me 45 minutes to get to? It is just, oh my God, it is unbelievable. And then, yeah, you just, it, it took us like two hours to get like halfway. And then we're just like, fuck this shit. This is so terrible. So. Well, it's the optical illusion too. Cause you're like, oh, I want to go to uh, uh, Paris. Oh, I could see it. It's right there. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking 90 minute walk. It, it, just cause you could see it. It means nothing. Right. And that's exactly because... where we went to. <laughs> exactly where we got. To. Not, not just the distance, but like you're saying, the land bridges, the escalators this way. Cause it's not just a straight walk either. Yeah. It's the worst. You absolutely have to have to uh, have people drive you around. I mean, you know, there's you just gotta. Uh, so yeah, no, I am not a uh, a strip walker. It's awful. Yeah. It's so, the so then we, we we find a uh, we find a place to eat in in the Paris. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was it was in in the, the Paris casino or whatever. And you know, it's under the Eiffel Tower. It's you know a very romantic thing. You're you're right next to a, a an outdoor drink stand that's selling a, a plastic Eiffel Tower that you could put around your uh, neck with a straw, so you don't actually have to move. You can, if you want yeah. to drink your daiquiri, all you have to do is, is, is bend your neck down slightly, and you can drink a, a a daiquiri out of the plastic Eiffel Tower. So really, really romantic stuff. Uh, right across the street is the mobile command police unit that they have there. Uh, again, just another remarkably attractive, <laughs> just a really romantic, uh, unbelievable hey, which, experience. Uh, which restaurant did you eat in in Paris? Uh, next, I think it was called. Is it the one that has like the patio seating? And yes. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know who else ate there? Joe Lanza? No. Damn it. Nomi Malone and Crystal Connors in the Hollywood hit Showgirls. Is that true? Where, okay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's where they uh, they have a scene in that restaurant. Okay, well, there you go. sat at their table. They may be. I'll have to, I'll have to go and watch that. So there you go. What Rich is leaving out here is he was desperately asking me for restaurant recommendations. <laughs> there was not much open. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I've got a bunch of different places I could recommend. And every single one I checked was closed for COVID. So I, I think you're lucky you found a non-McDonald's restaurant that was just open, period. 
So yeah, there are uh, also the, the amount of chain restaurants in, in Las Vegas is pretty disappointing too. They, they, yeah, but the thing is you don't, you don't go there unless no, you're, I know, but why are they there? Go away. Who wants you, that? I'm gonna tell you, you want me to explain to you why? Because Las Vegas is no longer a town of debauchery. It's a family town, and people don't well, realize that. I disagree. <laughs> Go there now, I would say. Well, in the yeah. middle of COVID, I don't know what's going on. But they built all of these uh, uh, shopping malls mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, 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 like you said, all the, these fucking chain restaurants and the fucking M&M store and uh, just the drastic change from 15 years ago, let alone what it must have been like in the heyday of the fucking Rat Pack. Okay, uh, is is you know people bring their fucking kids there? That was unheard of as little as fifteen years ago. But now you bring your kids there, and you bring them to go fucking shopping, and you bring them to the M M&M and M store, and you and you fucking they fall asleep at night, and then you go down and you fucking gamble, and you know mom and dad maybe you know pick up a girl and you know expand their horizons a little. <laughs> but during the day, it's it's you know it's 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 there's a lot of things to do with it they, they're, they're trying to because listen vegas was dying well not dying but struggling there for a while so they had to expand their yeah. horizons and try to attract different kinds of people there and whatnot but i can only imagine what it's like right now in the middle of covid where a lot of people don't want to be there and they're like someone noted in our uh we have stud muffin in the chat room and i hope to god that's joel gertner I really do. <laughs> I'm sure it but, is. Let's go on the premise that it is indeed Joel Gertner. So. <laughs> but Joel Gertner has he needs to, to say. He needs to now, Stud Muffin, you're, if you're, you're listening to this, you need to now cut. You, your next message needs to be in the Joel Gertner prose. You know what I mean? Like, I, we, need, yes. we need that. So, so here's what so uh, Stud Muffin had to say, and it's a good point. COVID made the economy shit in Vegas. Since there is less tourism, there are cheaper rooms. So you get a lot more lower class people. That's a excellent point as well you know you make the rooms as cheap as possible uh you know you're gonna draw the flies so i'm sure your experience wasn't good i was just looking for restaurants for you and none of them were open and i'm thinking to myself what the fuck is there to do over there right now then if you're not gambling smoke weed and walk the strip is all you can really do i guess yeah uh because i'm not a big gambler either so yeah that that, and the casinos weren't that full either it was just it was literally i'm I'm not kidding it was people just walking around smoking (laughs) going to the well the, the day that we went there they opened the clubs officially as well so there was a few clubs we walked by that were just absolute ridiculously full the entire you know, lines out the door all that sort of stuff so i'm sure um, everybody was well masked and full oh yes of course yes everybody um, yeah, I'm sure. that, the club that i saw that had maybe a thousand people in in uh, about you know the size of my house i'm sure yeah i'm sure they were strictly enforcing mask policies there so. yeah well uh you know i don't know what to tell you one day sal milano will ride again in vegas um I, I guess it'll be my first trip there as a, a uh, as a married. Oh, man. a married man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know. Well, technically, uh, I mean, technically, your your last trip, you were a married man. Well, for half the trip, yeah, for half the trip, you know. But uh, you know, I don't know. There are normal times. I enjoy a nice Vegas trip. You know, there's there's good restaurants. There's good food. Not the fucking chains. You know, you got to dig a little deeper. Um. You know, a little action. You got to enjoy the action, right? A little action. You stop off at the blackjack table. What? <laughs> Not me. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you you know, you walk the strip. You you look for girls. No, you don't just walk the strip. You me. just said don't walk the strip. I agree. Yeah, don't late walk at strip. night. You got to go late at night. Oh. You, you look for girls. You know. And I still have and to then, climb up the fucking escalators. So. Well, I t- I've always said one of my favorite activities is is um you know late night discussions with with the prostitutes because the later you're out, they you know they approach you. 
And I always start up conversations with them. I'm like, look, I'm not interested in what you're offering. <laughs> but I want to know about your life. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I've had three or four excellent conversations with uh, Vegas ladies of the night, just picking their brain, what their lives are like, what it's like to fucking work that city. You know, it's 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 interesting stuff. So well, and, uh, and now there's a there's a, a proliferation, of, uh, definitely during the day and 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 later, you know, as, as the night goes on of of the women that walk around to get pictures taken with you. Oh, there's yeah. also the dudes. There's like, you know, your bad cop guys that have abs right. or whatever. But there's so many more women <laughs> that are just like they're bad cop, showgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all wearing thongs and one had just painted boobs, you know, and it was yeah. like and it's so hilarious because, you, you know, you have this idea of like, oh, who's I mean, what kind of guy is going to pay ten dollars to you know put his arm around two showgirls or whatever? But it's like they make so much money. It's un- oh, they kill it. They, oh, they kill it. it. It's so and it's so great because you know that at the end of the night they're like, God damn, dudes are so stupid. Like guys are yeah. such idiots. All Rich. we do is wear a bra and a thong, and these guys give us twenty dollars to take a picture with us. They're so stupid. Men are so dumb. Listen. You By the way, the guys, me. the guys were twiddling. They had their fake, you know. Uh, uh, fake handcuffs because they were the bad cop show you know what i mean they, they were, of course we saw them they were leaning on a wall spinning their fake handcuffs on their finger because no women wanted to take a picture with you know the dudes but every dude wants to take a picture with a woman with painted you know with breath with paint on her breasts like could not wait there was a line for the gr- one girl she had to take you, give numbers. It was incredible. <laughs> you have never sounded more like a prude than you have right now. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, no, I just find it hilarious. I just, I love Small. the idea that, no, no, I mean, it's, I hey, gotta tell you, it's fantastic. I got a bunch of free looks. I'm good with what I did, but I just love the idea that these men are just so devoted to putting their arms around two women in, in a, yeah, in a bikini. Say, there's yeah. no way that you weren't taking a, listen. Oh, I took media looks. Are you kidding? Free there's, looks all day, baby. Zero dollars I spent. There's no way you weren't checking out those cheeks. The nurse was checking them out. There's, she was going, no wow, way. what an ass on that one. Holy yeah. shit. She wanted to go talk to exactly. her and ask what she does. She went, wow, look at that butt. Like, well, I was like, Rich, she was like, that's what, the next what? step. That, I, okay, well, yeah. You're one step closer. That's when you got to get the nurse out there at like <laughs> two in the morning and look for stragglers. Yeah, you know? she doesn't. Uh, doesn't you never know. Awake. She doesn't it's stay Vegas. Awake. Yeah, she goes yeah. to sleep too early. That's two two a.m. is a tough call for the nurse. <laughs> well, the old nurse back in the know. day, the, the 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 one that gets up at five a.m. No, that's a tough call at two a.m. these days. So, well, um, you've definitely made yourself sound like a stuffier nerd than ever. So, congratulations <laughs> so on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, take a bow. Yes, I friend. enjoyed mountains and desolate ghost towns more than I enjoyed breasts. Yes, that is... And breasts and weed. Cheeks. Yeah, ass cheeks and weed and breasts. Yes, I, I would much and prefer action... good-looking limestone. <laughs> is what I was... And the action of Vegas and everything else. No, you have no use for that. You What, what you prefer is intentionally pricking yourself on a cactus. Yes, That's... indeed. Correct. That that was the bigger thrill than than uh, the the beautiful women of Las Vegas. So and looking at butts, yeah. Which you know, I don't know. Um, you know, tomato, tomato. Different people. I don't know what to tell you, but I gotta tell you, it, it doesn't sound like a very good town during COVID. 
that's for sure. It was a little weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. It, what, one thing I will give up to Las Vegas, though, and one thing that is still fantastic about Las Vegas is that when the women go out in Las Vegas, the, the men to a lesser extent, most of the dudes are just look like absolute fucking trash. You know what I mean? They're all just wearing like sweatpants. And some guys try. Some guys will wear slacks or whatever. But my yeah, God. You, know, you, bring a, you, you definitely pack your button up. But right, that's yeah, what I, I did. I wore the button up. I wore the, the the best pair of jeans I had. I didn't really go too right. much because we weren't going to go anywhere. But I wore the button up. I you know took a shower before. I did my hair because there's a certain aura that you need to do. But I got it. Sure. I got to credit every woman that goes to Las Vegas. Congratulate you guys look great. Every woman right. is out there just killing it on that. This night. is what I'm saying, Rich. It's incredible. They bring their a game. It. Every single one of them just looked fantastic. It was just like bravo. You know. Tall, short, you know, whatever. It didn't matter what you looked like. What you were out there killing it uh, uh, last weekend in Las Vegas. So congratulations to you, women of Las Vegas. So, yeah. Why do you think it's so great when you're single? I I, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, uh, and, and and the thing about Vegas is it's different than any other city on earth. You can just openly flirt like a maniac because it's expected. <laughs> right. Right. You don't look like a douchebag. Like you, you walk by a slot machine and there's a hot girl by herself playing slots. It's totally socially acceptable to plop down right next to her and and just blatantly hit on her because they know it's coming and it's expected. And you know you get to do a little playful banter and you see where it goes. You can't do that in Minneapolis. No, no, you will. You're not welcome. You know to, what I mean? Like yeah, you can't, no. you can't just you know mosey on up to every girl you see in fucking San Antonio and hit on them. Yeah, you, but in Las Vegas, you can not only do that, but it's expected, and most of them want you to. You know, because uh, they're looking to get into some shit too, or you know, not even necessarily to fuck, but just to to flirt and have fun, and you know. And then go back to their receptionist desk in fucking St. Paul uh, on Monday, you know? So you're really, you're really hitting the – were you watching a lot of AWA this week or something? You're really hitting the Minnesota. Man, I've been really hitting the Minnesota reference. <laughs> huh? The Kanye territory yeah. is getting lit up I, did, I hit both twin cities. Robbinsdale. Yeah, you one. got Robbinsdale in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both twin cities knocked out here. <laughs> so. Prepare for some Miguel Sano takes later on in this. Uh, oh, I cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should do some wrestling at some point. I guess. Yeah, I guess a lot of things happened in wrestling while I was gone. So uh, I suppose. Yeah, let's do it. You want to get into wrestling? Uh, you don't sound too excited. Yeah, no, actually, there's a lot of fun wrestling to talk about this week. So there's bad wrestling, too, to talk about. But there's some fun wrestling, too. Uh, well, what are the topics on hand, Rich? So what we have, and I'll let you decide where we start. We have New Japan's sure. Wrestling Dontaku Night 1 and Night 2. I watched the, uh, the, the semi-main event and the main event of Night 1. Uh, in the main event of Nice 2, I've imagined you saw all of these shows. So I had to catch up pretty rapidly with, with a lot of stuff this week. So I was able to watch the whole shows, and it doesn't look like I missed a whole hell of a lot otherwise. So we'll have that. We're going to talk about the Wrestle Grand Slam uh, at the Tokyo Dome, uh, New Japan's ongoing COVID issues as well. Uh, we're going to talk about All Japan Pro Wrestling's Champion Carnival Final. I watched the semi-main and the main event of that, the Champion Carnival Final, uh, as well as the great semi-main event. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Will we get to make wild speculation about Daniel Bryan again and get upset all over again about what he's probably not going to do? But uh, at least we have some new news on that front, some interesting news on that front. Uh, Dragon Gate's Dead or Alive show, that was just uh, happened a few days ago, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also preview, Joe, AAW's Take No Prisoners, which is Friday night. And, Joe, I will be there live, my first live wrestling show since goddamn AEW Revolution 2020. A year and, what, three months at this point that I have not been to a live wrestling show, and I cannot wait to go tomorrow to AEW Take No Prisoners. So, Yeah, which means we'll be talking about it next week, too. Yeah, we said we'd talk about more indies. You know, the uh, Super 8 was this past weekend? Yeah, yeah. We watched that. 
Uh, Game Changer had another weekend with their not Jersey watching that. Champion- <laughs> I'm good <laughs> with their watch Jersey that. Championship Wrestling. Oh, good. I did Great. watch that. Yeah, cool. Uh, I saw some of that. Triple uh, A Ray DeReyes was this week. So listen, I'm not saying that there's definitely going to be an overrun, but there might be an overrun mm. to this show. There might be an overrun. Now, if I were to want to listen uh, to this oh, this potential overrun that you're mentioning here, uh, how how can I go about doing that? Uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, okay. $5 tier. Okay. $5 tier gets you the overrun. $10 tier gets you everything we do, including all the live content and all the on-demand streams of the live content. Rich, did you watch Keiji Muto against Masa Kitamiya? I did not. I did not see that one. That, that was on watch, my to-do list, but I did not see that one, no. Did you watch uh, uh, Ironhead Fujita <laughs> against Takashi no. Segura? no. <laughs> No, I did not. You didn't? No. Okay, from the Noah show. So, no, I didn't see any Noah. Yeah, I forgot I forgot that Noah actually even happened. There, there was a lot did, of other stuff going on, so I did not I did not catch Noah. Sorry. Did you watch uh, uh, Roman Reigns take on Daniel Bryan on Friday Night SmackDown? I did not. I wanted to, actually. I wanted to, but then I, I, a lot of the reviews that I saw had the thing that would probably annoy me about the commercials, so I, I ended up not watching that match. So. Speaking of reviews of that match and the other two matches I mentioned, if you were a $10 subscriber, <laughs> did I just Did I just fall into a bit here? To Can I just fall into a plug? Com, oh my god! Patreon.com/slash Voice of Wrestling. If you are a ten dollars subscriber, you also get access to all of my written content. And I just so happen to do a new batch of Lanza written reviews, and, and all three of those matches are reviewed in excruciating detail with uh, the exclusive star ratings attached as well. So uh, the other two matches reviewed were Valador Junior versus Bandito. Uh, the hyped match from uh, from CMLL in uh, March, and a Brian Keith Lee Moriarty match from New Texas Pro Wrestling. So uh, that's the ten dollar tier. You could read reviews to those five big matches. I will tell you this: out of those five matches, I went notebook on three of them. Mm, okay, that's good. You want to try to guess which ones? I'm not going to tell you. All right. Cause... So notebook. I, I have not read these. So notebook ones. I will say Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns was notebook. Okay. I would. Mm. We'll make this a Price is Right game, and I'll tell you how many you got right when you're done. Okay. Then we'll end it. Okay. Um, I cannot imagine KG Muto got to Notebook. Against Masakitamiya. Yeah, I can't imagine that was the case. So I would, I would guess that that did not make the notebook. And what were, what was the other, the other two matches? Okay, the other I guess the other were... Noah match too. I'm, I'm guessing Fujita versus uh, uh, Segura didn't, Segura. but maybe it did. Segura is a fantastic wrestler, so maybe. But the other two matches were uh, Volador Junior versus Bandito. Okay. That, that, yeah, Keith. that that made that made that made notebook for sure. Okay, and Brian Keith versus Lee Moriarty. Hmm. That's a tough one, but I guess by virtue, I would I would say that that one also made note. So you're going with no, Roman. hold on, no, no, okay. So Roman, I'm definitely doing Roman. So you said three made it, right? Three notebook matches, yeah. Three. So five. Roman and Daniel is a for sure. Okay. Um, definitely Volador Junior and Bandito. Okay. And hmm, you know what? Segura is pretty awesome. I'm going to say Fujita and Segura got to that level. You got two right. Okay. You got two right. One of those matches you named, I did not go notebook with. So uh, if you want to know, listener, which of those three matches I went notebook with, complete with uh, very extensive reviews for all five, $10 tier, voicewrestling.com 
slash Patreon. So uh, that's where you can get that review of Noah the Glory 2021, at least the top two. But um, yeah, so I guess that's a good transition into Daniel Bryan. Want to do this Daniel Bryan talk? Yeah, let's talk about this. I, I we did this a few weeks ago, but we'll do it again. So anyway, this you week don't seem too excited. About I mean, it's just the same stuff over and over again. It's the same thing that we said a few weeks ago. It's like put up or shut up at this point. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll when I see, well, I'll believe it when I see it. But anyway, you know. Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful, at, at Fightful. I had the news earlier this week that uh, nobody was really talking about this, but uh, Daniel Bryan's deal expired or was set to expire. That was kind of the terminology, quote, expired or was set to expire uh, after the match with Roman Reigns on Friday Night SmackDown. I think Dave Meltzer said that it expired at midnight on Friday after SmackDown. So uh, presumably Daniel Bryan is a free agent and he is able to sign or go wherever he wants at this point right now. And uh, I guess now is our time for wild speculation. But... My, I, it's, I, I'm the same way that I, I, I won't believe that he's going to actually put his money where his mouth is unless he actually goes and does it. You, you know what I mean? Like, so my, my guess is that he's probably just going to resign with WWE and, 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 and bitch and moan and make a bunch of, you know, uh, interviews about some awesome matches that he wants to have all across the world or whatever. Where at the same time, he's just doing bullshit on SmackDown or Raw or whatever the hell. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Or he's doing NXT. Maybe he, he, he says, oh, no, 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 I'm on NXT now. And it, 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 just stuff like that is probably my assumption of what. We're going to get with Dan O'Brien. But, hey, you know what? If he ended up and if he said fuck it and became a world traveler and and, and bounced all over the indies and did all this sort of stuff and, and and went to the highest bidder or went to AEW or went to New Japan or whatever, that'd be fucking fantastic. I mean, it's obviously it's Brandon Danielson. How would I not be happy about that? But I just I'm not going to get my hopes up again uh, about this. So when it happens, I will be excited. But until then, I will uh, I'll be cautiously pessimistic. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you can't expect them to leave at this point because we've been down this road before. Um, now, look, if, if do you want to give the people some hope, I've got some little shreds of evidence and little pieces of possible uh, clues. Uh, do you think, do, do you want to give the listeners a little hope here? If maybe they're hoping that he uh, walks uh, out. Do, Cause I think I need a little line. hope too. I, I think I need a little hope too. So yeah, try to try to help me and the listeners here. Okay. Now he did say in an interview, that he is loyal to WWE because they've been good to him and good to his family. So, uh, but in that same interview, he also said that he was desperately trying to work something out with them, which would allow him to take matches outside of the company, which tells you that he does have a legitimate hunger to do some things outside of the walls of WWE. So uh, that's a positive, I would say, if you're hoping uh, that he goes because I do think at this point they'll do everything in their power, meaning WWE, to keep him away from AEW because I think he's absolutely a difference maker for AEW. He would be an enormous ratings draw. He would be a pay-per-view draw. I have full confidence that he would be booked properly. And I don't think WWE – well, you know, I not that I don't th- – I, I know for a fact they don't want him there, okay? Th- the thing about wrestlers is – they have different value to different places. I think Daniel Bryan is way more valuable to AEW than he is to WWE. I don't think he means anything in WWE anymore. I really don't. He had that match against Roman Reigns with all that was on the line, you know, banned from SmackDown forever, wrestling the world champion. And I know it was going up against the, the NFL draft, but it was the second night of the NFL draft. Still did big numbers, but that did a terrible number. And, and you know, it's just... 
People didn't buy into the stipulation, but I also think it's just – I don't think Daniel Bryan means a whole ton in WWE anymore just by virtue of the way he's been booked over the years. And he's still incredibly popular, but people don't believe in his character. And why would they the way that he's been booked? But I think he would mean an enormous amount to AEW. I think their fan base would eat it up. I think he would draw new eyeballs. I think uh, he would do great on pay-per-view. I think he would be a legitimate drawing uh, star. For TV, and I don't think WWE wants any part of that. So will they bend their rules and allow him to work elsewhere while under WWE contract, which is something that he seems to want a lot? I don't know, because then that opens up the door for other people to ask. For that, that and that was going to be my exact rebuttal. There is that when you do it for him, and 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 you know, and yes, he's a special talent, and it's Daniel Bryan or whatever. But in the pantheon of WWE, how special is it? You know what I mean, like. If you do that for him, there's a lot of other guys that are probably going to say, well, hold on a minute. Hold on. You know what? I wouldn't mind doing this or I wouldn't mind doing that. And that's just it's just never been that company's M.O. That company is not very interested in, in allowing talent to do it for, for a multitude of reasons. Not only the the injury risk and the inherent risk of, you know, doing matches outside of their their bubble and all outside of their stuff or whatever. But it's just that that's the way that they are. They've always just kind of been that way. They don't the, I mean, the only time they will really let a talent go somewhere else and do something is if there's a lot in it for them that, hey, OK, this guy is going to go wrestle in this company. And usually that's a, a an omen for we're helping this company. We're going to buy this company. We're going to bleed this company dry, that type of stuff. So when you have guys working in, in various UK areas, the obvious thing was, OK, well, at some point, WWE is just going to, you know, fucking buy up progress or do whatever the hell they're going to do with or progress. Evolve. And yeah. Or, or evolve. Yeah. Same deal where it's like, oh, well, we the writing is on the wall. We know what's happening here. And the end result is. We're not just giving talent to Evolve just to say, hey, Evolve, here you go, guys. Here's Adam Cole. Have fun with Adam Cole. Enjoy him. We're, we don't care. We're just glad you guys have him. Like The end goal is to, yeah, to, to suck it dry or, or, or steal a talent or buy it or, or whatever because yeah. that's, that's been their MO for 30 years. It, it, as far back as you want to go to the, the early days of WWF and the early days of Vince McMahon and him, hey, no, we want to focus. You know, We want to showkase your talent in your area. And it's just, yo, thank you for Junkyard Dog. We're good now. Bang, thanks, bye. We're going to buy him up and now you're dead. So, you know, that's just kind of you know what their mo has always been so i i just don't see them doing that with dan and ryan because it's just it, it completely deviates from anything they've done over the last 30 years and now with that being said or last 30 40 years basically with that being said does dan o'brien have the leverage to do that because he's daniel bryan and because that company is smart enough to realize what an asset he would be to an aew do they well, then because well, this thing. is now the best time to, to to ask for that there's never been a better time to say hey this is what i want and you're going to give it to me or else I'm going there. No, he has all the leverage in the world right. from that standpoint. But my whole thing is because I don't I, – I think they see it the same as me. I don't think they see a ton of value in him. They don't push him. He's there to put people over. He has openly stated publicly that his job is to put people over now. The only reason he was in the Mania main event was to save it because Edge was such a flop. They don't push the guy. So are you going to open that door and give that – and give this guy – that kind of contract, which then opens the doors for those kinds of contracts, when it's not even someone that you that's about to turn 40 who you don't even plan on pushing, who isn't really a difference maker for you anymore. I don't know if they're going to do that. You know who will do that? AW will do that. They'll, they'll give him that kind of contract in a second. They have a half a dozen guys on the roster with that kind of – well, uh, Moxley, Omega, um, uh, and whoever else, You know, they're, they're willing to do those kinds of deals. So he can get that elsewhere. Here's the other little clue. He had said also in a public interview 
that the 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 night of, of his WrestleMania main event, he felt nothing. Wrestled his match, felt nothing, finished his match, and felt nothing. This is a guy emotionally detached from that company. Because if you can't get up for a WrestleMania main event, if you feel nothing for a WrestleMania main event, and really in that company, that's the last thing they have to offer people. The big WrestleMania moment, you know, the, the biggest stage possible. He has openly admitted that he felt nothing. Yeah. <laughs> empty. And, and why wouldn't he? We all feel the same. You know what I mean? We feel empty and nothing when we watch these WWE shows. Just, just, you know, that, it's like, to me, that tells me, now hold on a second. He's not even emotionally attached to the idea of working the biggest match possible, which is a WrestleMania main event. And this is a guy who, uh, you know, we think over the years has at least partially been driven by emotion and all these things, even though he took the bag last time. So maybe he wants to feel something again. And he's not feeling anything in that company. You know? So that's another small clue if people are looking for hope. Maybe he wants these final days of his wrestling career to feel something again Mm -hmm. and to love what he's doing. Because he didn't love what he did at WrestleMania. And he's just a guy putting people over. The rest of the time, which he, I'm sure he enjoys doing. I mean, he tried putting over Drew Gulak and he tries putting over his buddies and it never seems to work out, you know, but um, maybe, you know, he finally sees this as the time where, okay, this might be my last chance because if I sign on for another three years or five years, I'm not going to have a chance when I'm 45 years old to go somewhere else and, and feel something again. So I thought that was a small clue too, that he might really be thinking about it this time. But again, I don't think we're going to see him leave. But if you're looking for slivers of hope, if you want to see him leave, I think that's the way you got to look at it. Um, but here's the thing. If he does stay, okay, that's, it's because that's where he wants to be. Because he can make a shit ton of money. It, it's, it won't be about the money. And a lot of People with bad opinions and a lot of people who are ill-informed will tell you it's about the money and it'll tell you that, oh, he's got children to feed and all of this and that. (laughs) And we all know that's nonsense. It won't be about the money because he can get seven figures from AEW and then a shit ton of money from your New Japans and your Ring of Honors and he can name his price on indie dates and he'll make a difference at the gate for these indie shows uh, You know, once we're past COVID. Don't think he won't. And he'll make a difference – in AEW. And I think if he went to New Japan and worked a G1 tour, he'd make a difference in New Japan World subscriptions. Yeah. I really think he would. He'd, dude, he would he'd have a Pro Wrestling Tees store up in, in 10 minutes and sell 10,000 t-shirts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Let alone the seven-figure deal he's going to get from Tony Khan. Right. Do, yeah. do people think that the Big Show and Christian uh, – <laughs> Jumped from one promotion to the other for fifty bucks. I mean, what? With their hat know, in people, hand, please, Mister Tony, please put yeah, some money uh, in my hat. Yeah. I just Christian just desired wrestling Kazarian so much that he was, you know, uh, you know. Of course, they, these, they, you know, these are millionaires uh, making mil- still making millions. That's what this, you know, these paying these guys. And, and like we've always stated with Daniel Bryan, it, it, he is a guy who still drives his fucking you know ninety four Camry or whatever the hell, and he's got a millionaire wife. He could literally wrestle for. He could just say, you know what, guys, I, I'd really, 
honestly, truly just want to wrestle for the love. Don't pay me a dime. Pay the other wrestlers a dime, and he'd be fine forever. Yeah, but my point is, even if it is, a, <laughs> right. even if it is about the money for him, he can still get the money. Right, else. right, right. So if that is if that is one of the motivations, is, this is the best time to to do this. And also, like you said, he'd be the hottest commodity anywhere, so he could be ask, He could name his price. Right. I mean, anyone, we're gonna talk about AEW in a little bit. You don't think AEW would look and 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 hope and pray and dig in their fucking coffers to find any amount of money if he said, "Hey, I'll work here for X." You don't think that they would say, "Well, fuck, we." God damn, we got it's, it's Brian Danielson. It's like the first chance to book Brian Danielson. Like you don't think Ring? I mean, Ring of Honor said that. I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Ring of Honor said on record that they had the money set aside that they asked Sinclair and, and they got approval that if Brian Danielson wanted to return to Ring of Honor, they could sign him for the money that he desired. They got this was last that time. money. That was the last time. Yeah, and and they had a deal, and it was, and he was gonna go. But then he got, you know, he got wrapped up in the legality bullshit that they they convinced him that he had to stay, and he stayed. But he was thinking about going, and he was going to go to Ring of Honor last time. And don't think they wouldn't have an offer on the table too. That's the other thing. People think Ring of Honor. You th- what do you think they're paying Roosh? You think they're paying Roosh with <laughs> hot dogs? Yeah, four hot dogs and a hundred dollar bills and a hot dog is what Roosh gets to you know go to fucking Mexico. Yeah, you think yeah, all I mean, of his fucking not- friends are joining him and his. God damn, the his entire family and all of his friends are there because they also want to make a hot dog at fifty bucks. You know what? What'd you mean? think they were paying Marty Squirrel? What'd you think they're they're right. paying these people? I mean, the money's out there, you know. So this is why I say if he ends up staying, it's because that's where he wants to be. He's gonna go where he wants to be. It's not gonna be a money decision because he can get money anywhere. Okay. Yes, WWE can. You know, they can pay him the most. They're a billion-dollar corporation. If they really wanted to, they can outbid any offer he gets. But he can get huge money anywhere. He's going to end up where he wants to be. So, uh, you know, if he wants to be there, he'll he'll stay. If he doesn't want to be there, if he really wants to go out and do other things, then then he'll end up wherever he ends up. Um, you know, but I, I really feel like that WrestleMania quote was very telling. So, um. You know, if he felt dead inside for that, or I guess that wasn't his ter- his terminology was he felt nothing. He felt nothing. That's yeah, and and at the end of the day, I mean, like I don't I don't want to try to tell somebody what to do, but I, if I was ever in that position, like I, I'm always I'm of that mindset. I, I that's always been my thing, and I've had jobs before where I felt that way, or I've had things that I've done where I felt that way, and I've gotten rid of all of it because there's just no use in life. And 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 this is kind of my life advice, and I think you would probably say the same as well. If there's ever something that you do that you're just you do it but you have no feeling for it whatsoever. You feel nothing. You get nothing out of it. You get no satisfaction out of it. That's just not a great, I mean, that is just not something that I ever want to be involved in. So yeah, if, I, if I'm Daniel Bryan, like if that's true and, and I really truly do believe that, then, then I definitely seek alternative. I mean, especially with something that presumably you do still love or, or, or at, at some point did love. Uh, you should never do it where you're, you're at that point where you're feeling nothing while you're doing it. That's just, it's a terrible way yeah. to go through life. Yeah. And you know, um, you know, people are making. You know, Dave Meltzer made some cryptic comment about how uh, he feels like in 30 years he'll be talking about this Daniel Bryan situation on Dark Side of the Ring, and people were like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And Alex six one three in the chat room makes a good point because he sees it, or she. I guess Alex could be female, right? Yeah, uh, or, yeah of course. So Alex, uh, you know, not trying to misgender you. You could be either one. Um, it's a uh, multi-sexual name, but Alex613 says that, uh, and I saw it the same way Alex did, 
This morning, Meltzer compared the Bryant situation to Pillman working Bischoff into releasing him from WCW. And that's exactly how I saw it. Yeah, I didn't okay. think Meltzer was mentioning it because something bad is going to happen to right. Daniel Bryan. Bella's going to kill herself or Daniel Bryan's going to no. wreck his Humvee or whatever. Yeah, they that's, were, that's, yeah. They were just talking about Pillman when he made that comment, right, right, Bryan right. and Dave. So I was like, whoa, is, is Daniel Bryan playing three-dimensional chess here and – uh, you know, somehow found a way to get the contract to run out and is, uh, you know, now going to – because that's how I took it by the way Meltzer's tone was. Because Meltzer's tone was like kind of smarmy, like he knows mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that you don't know. But he kept saying, I don't know anything, I don't know anything, but I think he uh, – I think that's sort of what he was hinting at. Like, okay, he he found a way to finally escape because last time he he – you know, he was considering leaving, but the company convinced him he couldn't for whatever legal reasons they had with the the, the injuries and the doctors and whatnot. And he, and he, and, and ultimately he stayed. So, um, you know, look again, I stress, I believe he's staying. I believe he's staying, but if people are looking for hope, these are little things that you may be able to cling to. So, um, you know, I guess we'll see. I mean, technically, just like Andrade, he could walk into any wrestling ring in the world tomorrow, free and clear. He could have showed up on Dynamite last night. Nothing anyone could do to stop him. So, um, look, he's got all the leverage in the world, just like Andrade did. But he has even more because he's a bigger star. So you have a guy with enormous amounts of leverage. He needs to sit home and let everyone wage war against each other and take the best offer for him, whether it's the most money that he's looking for or whether it's uh you know a, a big enough sum of money that also affords him the opportunities to do things that he wants yeah and, and so now my, my question to you and then we'll kind of move on to other topics if, yeah. if you if you if there was one spot that you could you know what what or it doesn't necessarily have to be one spot but what, what scenario would you most like to see brian danielson enter you know what in, in a year's time you know what what or, or you know when we're looking back at this a year later like what what is your hope that he has done over the last year Oh, you're I pie in the sky. Him. Like you're, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're the one that you're most looking forward to. If, if you, oh, it's so it. easy. It's a simple answer. I would like to see him be an AEW contracted wrestler with the freedom to work anywhere he, he pleases. Yeah. the way Moxley does. That's the best case scenario as a fan. Absolutely. It's the hot promo. It's the hot promotion. Just thinking about him there is is is, <laughs> is 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 just you know. There's a million. He'd be tremendous on Dynamite, and he would have the freedom to work New Japan, Mexico. Um, ROH still has a relationship with them if he wanted to do something in that direction. I mean, that's what ultimately what I would want him to do. If I'm him and my goal is to get the most money possible, I get my offer from Tony Khan. I call Vince McMahon. I say, give me a dollar more. And I re-sign with WWE because WWE will do that. They'll top any offer to keep him. Okay? To keep him away from AEW. If my goal is to do some things before I have to pack it in and, and finish retiring. Then I, I take the big bag from Tony and I make sure that I get that John Moxley, Chris Jericho deal. So, you know, it, I, but no one knows what his motivations are other than him. What do I want to see him do? Contracted AEW wrestler with the freedom to work elsewhere. From a fan perspective, how can anyone pick any other option? Right, right. No, and I would say the only other option that I would say, because that, that's probably my top option, but the, the one that I, I, I like as well is 
even if he doesn't go to AEW, even if for whatever reason he avoids AEW and just says, ah, you know, I'm just not interested in being with any one company or whatever, just traveling superstar <laughs> Brian Danielson sounds pretty awesome too. Like that doesn't yeah. make the most financial sense, but the guy that can just literally decide every single you know month where he wants to go, where he wants to be, I'll do Mexico this week, or ah, you know, I'll go to Japan for a tour, or you know, I'll go to Europe, or I'll do this, or hey, you know what, I'll do the American Indies, I'll do a little tour around that, like I'm that. Doing to- Bola. I'm yeah, like Bola. that. That honestly, yeah. like, I kind of like that too because that just to me feels the most like classic brian danielson where like he would just work some dumb indie just because he wants to you know i mean just to say yeah you know what i I worked because that's that's the old brian the old brian danielson would work anywhere wherever it didn't matter the man just wanted to wrestle because he loved wrestling and i kind of like that aspect of it too that doesn't make the most financial sense it's not the most stable but it, it to me that if, if he's gonna go out, that's a really cool way to go out too, where he just calls his own shots one hundred percent of the time, and and you know what, maybe he does a month with AEW just because he fucking feels like it. But then yeah, Bola's coming up. Yeah, you know I want to do Bola, so I'm gonna go to PWG. Or, you know what? Hey, I I'll do some you know the Midwest Indies for for a month or so just to kind of hang around and and do that sort of stuff. That I really like as well. Does Mexico? Does all those matches that he said in Mexico? Like the completely unchained, you know, not locked down by any contract or anything, Daniel Bryan. Or Brian Danielson, I like that aspect of it too. So that's probably my set. My first one is obviously the AEW one that you said that can go to New Japan, it can go to Ring of Honor and do all that sort of stuff. But I do enjoy traveling superstar Brian Danielson too. I think that's pretty, uh, pretty great. And and the swing says uh, his GCW debut against Jordan Oliver. Dear God, but maybe you know, <laughs> maybe like but yeah, maybe he watches Lee Moriarty and goes, ah, I would like to wrestle him. All right, where are you where are you I'm working? Sure, he would like to wrestle. Yeah, him, like where are you working this weekend, Lee? I'll come work with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, like, you know. If calls the pro- calls the promoter and says, "Hey, I'm coming. So uh, pay me whatever. I'm just coming to the show." And it's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> like, cool." I mean, if GCW booked them, they would book them with Jordan Oliver and totally blow it. I mean, I have no, I have no question that that's what they would do. Give <laughs> me the scramble. Give um, me the scramble. <laughs> there's like, there's like five. Eat it surreal five. versus Brian Danielson. Yeah. Oh my god, how awful! <laughs> there's like masterpiece. <laughs> there's like five indie wrestlers that I want to see him wrestle, and one of them's Davey Richards. So, you know, what does that tell you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, a readily available match that you can watch. Uh, they, right. they wrestled a bunch of times, right? If I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah they've wrestled yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I think they've wrestled before. Um, I'm not looking that up. I'm not, in my head, I'm thinking they obviously wrestled each other. I and feel I like think they would have, but I can't. They definitely did. I, I, but where? I'm trying to remember. Maybe in like Noah. Well, they, wrestled in, they wrestled in Ring of Honor for sure. Oh, yeah. There was that Final Countdown show that they wrestled on. I remember that one. So. Um. Let's see if they wrestled anywhere else. I, I I got it pulled up here. So okay. Oh, PWG. I, I got it too. So they did wrestle in Ring of Honor. Uh, the final countdown. That one was in September. I do remember that one. September two thousand nine. PWG in two thousand eight. Uh, and then some matches that I need to go back and watch. Some Noah matches. Brian Danielson and Davey Richards versus Kento Miyahara and <laughs> Naomichi Marufuji. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was thinking singles, but yeah, yeah they've yeah. probably wrestled a billion times in Noah and Ring of Honor and tags. This is great. Yeah. More Dave. More. Yeah. Late career Davey and late career uh, 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 <laughs> Brian Danielson sounds awesome. So, how many uh, singles have they had? Just the so Ring of Honor singles, and the uh, Singles, there is four. There's an FIP heavyweight title match from the uh, Sumter County Fairgrounds in Bushnell, Florida. Give me a year on that. Uh, that is 2006. That is October 20, uh, 2006. Then I'm December that. 2006. Uh, FIP title number one contendership. They went from man, they went from fighting for the title to fighting for the one number one contendership two months later. Uh, David Richards versus Daniel Bryanson, uh, Brian Danielson there. Uh, PWG Battle of Los Angeles 2008 first round. Brian Danielson defeats Davy Richards 21 minutes. 
Uh, and then the, the probably the most famous one that everybody knows about, the ROH Final Countdown Tour, uh, David Richards defeats Brian Danielson. In, uh, yeah. That was September of 2009. So That's like a, yeah, that was like. That's awesome. Yeah, that entire tour was, was fantastic. I was, I was lucky to be there for one of the Brian Danielson Final Countdown Tour things, and that was fucking just, what, what a moment. Just incredible to be there as Final Countdown's blaring and everybody in the crowd is just screaming and cheering. And yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. That guy was that guy was incredible. So uh, Moriarty would be a great match. Daniel Garcia would be a out of this world match. Those guys are just that is a perfect matchup for Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, yeah. Daniel Garcia. Um, no, it's probably a couple I'm forgetting, but those are the three that would jump out at me immediately as guys I'd like to see him wrestle. Um, has he, I don't think he's ever wrestled ACH. That could be fun. I don't think he would have ever crossed paths with them. When would they have crossed paths? Yeah, I mean, ECH had to have been 17 when, you know, the last time they would have potentially even done that. Yeah, I don't don't think there's any possible way that that he's faced ACH. So, Uh, Fred Yehi, that sounds like an awesome match already between those two. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, the thing about it is I always forget about Yehi. Everybody does, yeah. When I bring up guys, I never, that's never on purpose because I think he's definitely one of the top guys on the scene. He's weirdly anonymous. We'll talk about it during the AEW thing. Like, he's weirdly anonymous. Like, I don't know if it's that he doesn't want the bookings, that nobody knows whether to book him, but like, he, like, sometimes a company will just book him for like a half a year and you're like, yeah, Freddie A. is great. Like, more people should book him. And then you won't hear from Freddie A. for like a year and then you'll forget that he exists. And then another, you know why you forget about him too? Because he doesn't work the GCW shows yes. or the GCW adjacent shows. And he doesn't really work the IWTV loop either. Mm. And those are the two most high profile sort of indie shows that are always streaming. And he doesn't really work. I mean, so you forget he exists, you know, but he's, he's really great. I mean, he's definitely one of the top guys in the scene for sure. Um, You know, and then, you know, a lot of the other top guys in the scene just aren't great style wise matchups for Daniel Bryan. Like, Something like Daniel Bryan, Mance Warner. It's yeah, just not, nah. it's like not a style, it's a style thing, you know? Uh, Daniel Bryan, Nick Gage, I guess on paper. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I'm in. Actually. On paper, that looks interesting, that right? That sounds actually like, awesome. Yeah, the match would suck, but God, Gage that'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be more of, is Daniel Bryan willing to bleed? You know, and I don't know if he wants to do that. That'd be, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet too, that he just comes out and he just wants to do, he's just John, you know what I mean? He just wants to live out his fucking career. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. I mean, that match would draw. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't know what the fuck it would look like. No, it'd be really, really weird. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, but there's some matches out there, but you know, we talked about this with Davey. It's like the weirdest and weakest scene for a guy like that to, to enter right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, he could, you know, obviously call his shots if he wanted to do some indies. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I don't, I don't have my hopes up. I mean, the worst case scenario as a fan is he resigns with WWE because then, you know, what did he do that was remotely interesting on this latest? Oh run? my god, do you remember? Huh. Do you remember? We did an entire show laughing at the dorks. That would yeah. just get in our replies and just list a thousand dream matches that, that Daniel Bryan was going to have in WWE. Oh, he can face Ciampa, and he can face Gargano, and he can face Kyle O'Reilly, and he can face. And it was just a never for days upon days upon days when we were disappointed. We said, "All right, well, he just fuck it. I can't believe he signed there. What a waste." He's wasting the twilight of his career or whatever. And oh my God, the replies. I, I wish we could go one by one. We, we, If I had time and if I was petty and this was like 2014 flagship, we would go tweet by tweet, call that person out, 
and call him a doofus. But there was too many of them because we're too big now, and we just can't do it anymore. But, I mean, it was a never-ending stream. Or what was it, 2014 or whatever, 2018 or whatever it was, of people telling us, no, you guys, he can now face this guy and this guy and this guy. And it's like, he was there. <laughs> he could have already done that, and they never did it. Like, what makes you think now all of a sudden that he re-signed that they're going to go, okay, all right, now let's do this with Dana Bryan. And they did none of it. Immediately, what did he do the first thing he, he re-signed, and what was the first thing he got involved in, Joe? Do you even remember? Uh, that would be uh, that would be W. Morrissey. Yeah, right. Oh, right. I forget his name is W. Morrissey. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yes. Colin Cassidy. He gets involved in a feud with Colin Cassidy who calls him short. And it's just like, th- thank you. We knew it. I was so glad that they didn't, even te- they didn't even try to even for a month lie to us and say, okay, no, let's get serious. With t-. They immediately told you he's short and he's in a feud with Colin Cassidy. It's like, all right, perfect. We got it. We already understand that this is what the entire run's going to be. And then you had the guy who comes back from injury and is so bored and gets so little done with him that he has to turn heel <laughs> after yes. years of people yes. clamoring for this man to just wrestle. He has to turn heel, and he has an okay run there. He has the Kofi match at WrestleMania that was, that was very, very good, and he has a bunch of stuff there. But, yeah, it did, it did nothing. We're talking three years here. The, the Kofi thing. We're talking Kofi thing. That was two and a half years the, ago. The Kofi match is the only thing anyone will remember or care about or go back and watch on this entire run. The entire run. You cannot waste three years of Daniel Bryan's career and that's all you have. Like that, that is, that is, it is such an indictment on how terrible that company is that they had to turn him heel a couple months into his return when he was the hottest thing in wrestling. When he announced he was coming back, you come out of the gate with big casts and then you have to turn. And then the guy begs to turn heel. (laughs) He had to lobby to turn heel because his because it was going nowhere. This is what I'm saying. They're not rich. They're not interested in him. They're not interested in pushing him. Okay, they're just interested in keeping him away. Okay, they 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 weren't interested in pushing him when he was 30. They're not interested in pushing him when he's 40. So, um, you know that would be the least interesting option for a fan because look at the last run, which wasn't interesting. And this one would be even less interesting because he's older and the older you get, in theory, the less interested they are in you. But, you know, these days it's almost an advantage to be. uh, But the thing is, he's not like Vince doesn't view him as a superstar from the past like he does someone like Edge. He views him as this guy who was like a nuisance who he had to push because he kept getting over stronger than his level of push. Whereas he sees these other old guys as, you know, uh, uh, as as stars from the pet. That's not how he views Daniel Bryan, and that's not how an older Daniel Bryan would be viewed. So, um, yeah, whatever. Why would you ever want to see him go back? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, the, the worst thing that anybody. I mean, I, yeah. There's just no. I, I, I don't respect your wrestling opinions if you think that the best route or the route that you would want or the route that you're you're choosing is, is for him to go to WWE. It's just, yeah. There's people saying like, oh, but when he's older, then, you know, they push all the, but it, the dynamic's different no, with him. No, he's not. He's not viewed as the, no, right. they've he's, never, ever liked him. <laughs> they never no. wanted to push him. Jesus Christ, he entered the company and they had Michael Cole call him a virgin for a year and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this dork, what a fucking virgin. And then he gets over and they spend the entire time trying to turn him heel while he's over. And then he gets over and then they put him in the fucking Wyatt family. And then he gets over and they say, ah, fuck it, fine, put him in WrestleMania. And then he enters 
in a feud with Kane, and then he gets it's, hurt, and then they which, they go out of their way to not clear him and, and do everything they can to use him as an example in a concussion lawsuit, and then he finally comes back, and then he gets in a feud with Colin Cassidy, and they call him short, and then here we are. His three WrestleMania main events were all accidents. <laughs> right, because they had no he, other choice. He, he, they, they had to put him in the, in the, in the, in the Orton-Batista match, or fans would have revolted. Okay, they had to put him in the after in the spending match this six year months because... trying like hell to make you not cheer him anymore. He got yes. remember the endless stream of pay per views where he got fucked over and fucked over and fucked over, and then he fucking joined the Wyatt family. <laughs> like you know, they tried everything. They they had to put him in this year's match because Edge was such a flop, so they had to put him in that one. And the Kofi match, Kofi was an accident. It was supposed to be Mustafa Ali in in the fucking Elimination Chamber match. Kofi wasn't even in, and then Kofi got over again by by nothing the company did. Kofi got over because the fans just fucking decided to pick him, and that match was a fucking accident. So it's like they they never were solidly behind. Look, they didn't treat him like a a, a full on mid carder for his entire run. He was treated like a main event or what, but he was never a guy who they thought we're gonna build the company or even a brand around this guy long term. He was never right. That. So he's not he's not Batista, he's not Edge, he's not Orton, he's not any of those guys that they've all at some point gotten behind all the way fully 100%. So yeah, I, I I'll buy that like, you know, older guys that come back that were stars that they're going to push, but they never they never liked it. They don't view him like that. Right. They don't view, Rich, ever see him as that guy. They got let this one sink in. This is a fact. They got behind Jinder Mahal. <laughs> stronger than they ever got yes. behind Daniel Bryan on purpose. I mean, it's the truth. They wanted Jinder Mahal to happen. They never wanted Daniel Bryan to happen. I think that's a great way to end the segment. Absolutely. There it is. So we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, you want to go to uh, Wrestling Dontaku? We go got to go to New Japan next, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to talk about the COVID outbreak going on there? Or are we going to just talk about Dontaku and then finish with that? I got to tell you something. I don't want to talk about the COVID that's happening over there because I don't follow it. I just have thrown my hands and said, look, if if shows happen, I'll watch them. Mm -hmm. If shows aren't happening then it's whatever. Um, I am so over COVID talk in every facet of my life. I cannot sit here and talk about vaccine. Everyone wants to talk about vaccine. I, there's nothing more boring to me than talking about vaccines and, uh, and fucking recovery rates. And, and co- I just, I can't take it. So no, I don't want to talk about the COVID. So um, Japan's a fucking train wreck. Well, you're not going to get accurate information out of me anyway, because I don't, I don't care enough about it and I'm not following it close enough. Um, if the shows happen, I'll watch them. Yeah, but it looks for like sure. some shows aren't going to happen. We've already had some more empty arena stuff with all Japan and some other places. We've had some companies cancel shows, Dragon Gate, New Japan. Um, but do I sit, want to sit here and have a detailed conversation about uh, the state of Japan when it comes to COVID and what it's doing to wrestling shows? No, I do not. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, so obviously, quite honestly, two... I don't think the listeners give a fuck either. I, no, I, probably, probably not. Yeah, night night two of 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 uh, wrestling don't talk obviously got changed a lot due to. Uh, a number of people getting put into you know uh, safety protocols, and when I we do know that two uh, New Japan talents did test positive. I, have those names yeah. actually been public? We've been given the no, names, but I don't gonna, think they're public, and I'm not going to do that. I'm so. not saying them. <laughs> yes, we're not saying so, them. Okay. It's not our place. I just wanted to, uh, make, yeah, we should have mentioned this before they, the show, but I wanted to have this little. Let's not say the names that we have heard. So, no, two guys have COVID. They're quarantining 
the other four from the six man tag are quarantining um kid and Uemura, I think as well because they were I don't know. So they're quarantining They were seconds I believe in that match, right? And, and I think that maybe that's the reason or they something, were nearby or they wrestled or something. The tag, yeah, or they wrestled like the that. tag with some of them a couple days earlier or something. I don't know, but um uh, all I can say is the last thing we heard is that both of the people that tested positive are doing fine. Very mild symptoms. So that's good news. Um, but yeah, we're obviously not – look, I, we can't confirm it anyway. And even if we – even if the people themselves told us that it was them, I don't think we'd say it on the air. That's not our place. No, but, no nor, um, nor do I really want to be going out there naming names. So yeah, they did not release the names, and I don't really want to go through that because if we're wrong – and or, Not you know. only did they not release the names of the guys who had COVID, they – technically didn't release the names of the people quarantined right you could do the math i mean yeah you could you could see who didn't appear on night two and 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 yeah it's obvious who they might be but yeah they they didn't say this wrestler that wrestler that wrestler all are testing for covid right now so we'll see yeah yeah, they didn't name them i mean you're smart enough to figure out who got pulled from the shows but i mean new japan told us themselves hey look we haven't we're going out of our way not to even name who's being pulled from Mm -hmm. shows we know fans are going to figure it out but you know so yeah so um look so hopefully uh you know these are young men in great shape so you know the odds are good that they'll recover just fine um you know and it seems like they have uh mild symptoms at the moment and hopefully none of the other you know half dozen guys who are quarantining hopefully they don't ultimately test positive at some point but right. we've seen wrestlers from other companies look Cano had it in a bad way he lost like 10 pounds and um, he's still recovering, his body's still recovering. So he, Cano got it bad, you know, and Zeus had it and he seemed to just recover quickly and he's fine. I'm sure I'm forgetting some other wrestlers who, uh, where it's public knowledge that they had it, you know, Japanese wrestlers, but those are two that immediately come to mind. Um, so, you know, hopefully that's the case here, but they haven't announced a card, at least as of this show for the Yokohama show because they don't know who the fuck they have available. Right, yeah, the Yokohama show, we know nothing, and the Wrestle Grand Slam show at Tokyo Dome, we know one match so far, and that's so far in the distance, though, in May 29th, but uh, yeah, we know nothing of the stadium, so the, the stadium might be a, a a mystery vortex show for all we know, because, yeah, I don't think they know who they have on hand, so uh, weird times, for sure, but uh, you're right, uh, at the end of the day, it's if a show's on, I, I just watch it, and that's kind of the way I'm 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 going through life right now. So if they're gonna put the shows on, I'm gonna watch them, and we're gonna talk about them here. So let's talk about these uh, wrestling Dontaku shows, uh, Joe. As I said, I only watched on night one. I watched the semi-main event and the main event. Or sorry, I actually saw the last three matches uh, of this night. So I can I can I can give thoughts on those. Uh, anything on the three matches that 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 started off the show that were just kind of multi-man tags. Uh, anything that you remember from night one that's worth talking about for those first three, you know, multi-man tags? Yeah, I I did note that um, everybody worked really hard. That's all I got. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I mean, no, they worked. I I did think that people were working exceptionally hard in those uh, uh, tags to open up night one. Um, Okada in particular, who really doesn't try ever at all unless it's in a big singles match these days. He had a real spring in his step that night, and he was flying all over the place. And I actually noted that in my notes. I was like, I don't know what got into Okada, but um, he had his working shoes on for this stupid tag, uh, this six-man tag against Suzuki Goon. So, um, yeah, everybody worked real hard. And and the uh, the LIJ versus United Empire eight-man tag, you know, you had your final standoff between Takagi and, and Osprey, and um, you know that was you know Hanare. 
has been working hard ever since he turned. Uh, because obviously, he feels reinvigorated. He's not just a random babyface prelim guy getting beat every night. So he's part of a group that's being pushed. He's their pin eater. But, you know, you see an extra – there's some – He's he, there's a – you know, he, he he comes across right now as a guy who who knows he's got a chance to be pushed for, for you know, finally after. Right, right, right. There's a little extra in his work. In the United Empire, they they as a the the freshest unit. I think there's a little bit of that with all four of those guys, where they feel like they're the hottest thing in the company because they are, and they really go out there and work hard even in these kinds of matches. So, yeah, I do think in those first three bouts, the one thing I noted was. Man, they're working harder than usual, and these matches are holding my attention more than they usually do. So there you go. Uh, then we had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tonga Loa, and this was to uh, determine if the uh, Dangerous Techers were going to be able to get a tag team title shot. And Joe, Zack Sabre Jr. won, so thankfully, finally, uh, for what I'm assuming is the first time ever, I'm not going to look it up, Dangerous Techers uh, will face the Gorillas of Destiny with the IWGP tag team titles on the line. I, for one... Cannot wait to see that battle between those two teams, Joe. So, ah, uh, yes, a fresh matchup <laughs> between two fresh I, teams. I just, you, you just can close your eyes and just imagine all the spots that they're going to do, all the things that they're going to do, all the pretzels Zack Sabre Jr. is going to put people in. My goodness, it's just, uh, it's titillating, Joe, that uh, uh, what we're going to see when those two teams finally, finally do battle uh, in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. Uh, so. Listen, you take away Will Ospreay and, and United Empire, and there is nothing <laughs> happening stinks. in this company. Yeah, nothing. Well, uh, speaking um, of, do, we, uh, do you have anything else well, to add about Zack Sabre Jr. and Tangaloa? No, I do actually. Other Did you than watch that, that Tangaloa, no? yeah, yeah, Tangaloa was good. I, it's gonna. This is gonna be my hot take for night one, but I thought it was the best match of the show. Uh, of the three I saw, I would agree. It was the best match of the show. Oh, you liked? You didn't like Jay White Tanahashi either? Nah. I thought we might be able to debate it a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I, kinda, I mean, you know, your opinion, your opinion. And, but I, I thought Saber Junior Tangaloa. I thought it was a a good match. I thought it was like a solid three and a half star match. Tangaloa is one of the most improved wrestlers in the business. I mean, I never thought we'd get singles performances like this out of him. No, you know, he was. I wrote about it in the book last year. It was for whatever reason when when he came back from from. Uh, when when you know, when they return to New Japan after COVID or whatever, he's been like really good for no reason. Like I don't know why. I'm not sure what he did that made him good, but he just like tries really hard now and is really really good. And it's it's the gap between him and and, and Tamatonga, which we'll talk about here in a bit, is like it's enormous. And I would have never thought that. I would have never thought the gap between these two would be as big as it is. But he's blowing Tamatonga out of the water. He's so much better, and I don't know why. And there's like a clear line of like he came back from the COVID thing. And was just ready to go. So I, I don't, I have no idea why. I, I, I have no clue. I have no real reason to say why that's the case. But it's been going on for for almost a year now, where he's just been like good for some reason, and I don't know Guy, why. Listen, guys improve and guys get worse. Yeah, you know, it, it's just. But um, yeah, I thought the I thought the match was solid as fuck, and the scary part about it was because of the second night falling apart with the junior match getting taken off the table and everything else. Going into the night two main event, the best match on these shows was a Tangaloa singles match. I was thinking about that as Will Ospreay was hitting the ring for his main event against Shingo. I'm like, <laughs> if this match doesn't deliver, and what are the odds that that wasn't going to deliver? And obviously it delivered fucking enormously. 
the best match on these shows is going to be a Tongaloa singles match, which <laughs> is really dark, yeah. crazy <laughs> to think about. Yeah, but it really was a good match. Like it's not, it's not even a matter of. Well, it is kind of a matter of there was nothing else that was good, but it it had it on merit too because I really thought it was a really good match, well worked and everything else. Saber's been good, and Loa has really. When he first came in a company, I was like, he's in over his head and he's never going to be, you know, someone who be- feels like he belongs here. And it's taken a f- – like he started – he became a competent tag wrestler for sure. He improved pretty quickly in that regard. But now he's a guy that you can trust in a single scenario, which I never thought would have happened. Now we had a ladder match between Taichi and Tamatonga. With the iron fingers put in <laughs> into a plastic bag. How third rate did this look? This looked. In, I was embarrassed for New Japan when they put these fucking iron fingers into a, 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 a plastic bag and put it above the ring. What are you guys doing? Rich, did you happen to watch Yano Evil in the. No! Darkness? No! Okay, well, that may. <laughs> That made this match look like fucking Masawa versus. Uh, oh Kawada. no! Uh, well, I, um, I guess I have to watch it then. At that point, you Do gotta I have watch to? it. It's, okay. Yeah, it's something you gotta you gotta see. <laughs> um, but this was awful. I mean, oddly enough, the most interesting people in this match were Tangaloa and Duki. I mean, you know, the run-ins and the stuff like that was more interesting than the match itself. It felt about. You know, four and a half hours long. 27. Who wrote 27 minutes down on the run sheet for fucking Taichi and Tamatonga in a ladder match? Okay, what are you could, doing? Who could possibly care who gets the fucking oven? <laughs> I don't I care. Mean, yeah, I was like wondering why I needed to. Okay, cool. Taichi got the ring. Uh, the Iron fingers. All right, cool. Who could possibly get? <laughs> and it's like these guys aren't used to doing ladder matches. And I mean, I, you know, I guess they could copy spots that they, they see in other places. but. This was just, this wasn't even, okay, a lot of times we come on here and talk about ladder matches, and they're good matches, but we're just tired of the concept. Right, right, right. But it's like, okay, they did a lot of risky stuff, and it was good, but I just don't want to see them anymore, so I didn't like it. This was just bad. It was a boring-ass match that had a ladder. It was just a boring match. Yeah, it was a boring match that featured a ladder. And the best bump was Dookie going through the ladder on the outside. Yeah, Dookie fucking rolled in this match. He was great because he came in with intensity and he took the big bumps that other guys, the other guys weren't really willing to or didn't really want to in this match. Yeah. God bless so, Dookie. Yeah. I don't know what this would have done. And I think Dookie that was Tonga Loa throwing him through that ladder. On yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So two guys, like you said, two guys that weren't even involved in the match ended up having the only spot that I remember in the match. So good. I wish it was Tonga Loa versus Dookie in the ladder match. It would have been a hell of a lot better than Taichi versus Tama Tonga. Um, no, it was not. It was not good. Yeah, it was, it was like boring. a two-star match. As fuck. Yeah, it was just boring as hell. Nothing happening. Just yeah, the, the better, better forgotten, and and nobody will ever remember this match. Other than to say, "Ha, ah, remember when New Japan did a ladder match and it sucked?" Yeah, that's 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 what we get. And then we had. It uh, the and, ne- I, and I get oh, they're trying to be. And I get they're trying to be creative, and I appreciate it. I mean, they they're the rosters down, and they're trying different things. It just didn't work though. It just wasn't good. No. Uh, and then the main event, uh, never open weight title match. Jay White defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the title, become the first uh, man to ever win the New Japan Grand Slam, quote unquote, uh, the IWGB US, the Never, the IC, and now uh, the heavyweight title as well. So he is now the new never open weight champion. Match goes 39 minutes, and they had a really good 15 to 20 minute match in them, but it was just 
so long. It just never got going. And it was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And yeah, the last five minutes are okay. They were solid enough. But God, when you're already investing nearly 40 minutes and only five minutes have anything of interest in it, I mean, it was just every Jay White match you've ever seen before. Tanahashi just kind of, I, I really, I, and I, I don't really want to criticize Hiroshi Tanahashi in here because I don't know what else he's really to do. But when you have these Jay White control periods and, and they go, 30 minutes it's just there's no it's just it's i'm just sick of it i'm done with it. i i i like jay white in the ring i like his style but it's something that i mentioned a few months ago i need to see the next step in jay white i need to see a little more this is the, the, the jay white that we're getting here is no different than the one we had two years ago it's no different than the one we had a year ago it's just i i don't get what we're doing with this guy and i i, I he's really leaning into this sort of you know shit talker uh you know slow it down plotting control period style and that worked to a point, but it doesn't work in a 40-minute match. It just bores you to tears, and it didn't matter in the last five minutes that Tanahashi fired up. I just could not wait for it to be over, and then Jay White gets the you know the, the the Blade Runner, and yeah, there was some good stuff in the final few minutes, but Jesus Christ, 40 minutes of my life just wasted on this match that just bored me to fucking tears. You didn't like the limb work and no. the payoffs at the end, and no. yeah. Look, here's the thing. This match was just boring as shit. It's just boring. I mean, I, it wasn't I, bad. I a, it was a good match, but it bored me to fucking tears. So I guess it's not a good match. So. I don't have long, complicated analysis here. They just they lost me, and they did not get me back. I was bored. And Jay White just he's very hit or miss. I like Jay White too, but he does miss, and this was one of his misses. Um, you know, sometimes his shit really lands with me, and I like the way he works and. The suddenness sometimes of where you never know when the finish is coming and um and his his methodical style does work for me. And then there's times like this where it's like sitting watching this match was like sitting in a dentist chair. You just you're getting drilled and you know, it's like it's just a horrible time in your life just sitting here trying to watch this match with a clap crowd no less. Um it just wasn't good. It was boring. It was boring. And yeah, I shouldn't say it wasn't good. I guess it was good, but I was yeah, bored. it's weird. It, it's I, I it was technically it was a good match. Everything they did was fine, but yeah, it was it was just boring beyond belief. So it's like one of those weird where I I, I don't want to say that the work was bad because the work wasn't bad, but the work just never was interesting or never really engaging or never a whole lot of fun. And and I just think I'm also not invested in the story whatsoever. I don't not really care about their ab showdown. Care. I really don't give a shit. And I'm I'm still left with the same questions I had a few you know, weeks ago and months ago about this. Whatever we're doing with Jay White, like, what? Wh- why did we tease all this stuff to do nothing? I, now he's just more successful. He's hey, all right. Well, I'm just now I'm the never win champion. Cool. Well, right. I think what it what it comes down to is the, when he lost and had that promo where he broke down mm-hmm. and had the wrestling world talking and everybody was really excited. Yeah, when he was the hottest topic in wrestling mm-hmm. for. I think what it comes down to is that was simply a device to give him time off and let people think that he was leaving when the reality was he never was. And that's all there was to it. I don't think they ever planned on that being a step in character development. That was just a way to spice up his short absence. And I think, you know, in hindsight, that's all that was. And I think we all kind of worked ourselves into a shoot thinking this was going to be, oh, well, is he going to come back and have mm-hmm. a war with evil? Is he going to be a different – is he going to adjust his – cat? no, none of that. It's the same Jay White. They had no grand plan here. 
it was just an interesting way to write him off for a while. That's all. And I think we have to accept that at this point. So Rich is someone who has been very frustrated with the JY character for a long time. And the lack of development and what's the next step. I'm not quite where Rich is when it comes to that. I totally see where he's coming from. And I do agree to an extent. But my bigger problem with Jay White are when he has matches like this that just, look, he works long bouts. And a lot of times they work for him. But when they don't, you're stuck with a long match that is also incredibly boring. And this was just a bore. It wasn't, you know, it was just boring as shit. Um, You know, not something I want to watch at 4 o'clock in the morning with a clap crowd where I'm trying to hold my eyes open to begin with. It's, it's, It's rough. It's not easy. Yeah, and the ba- oh. I, like the the parts of the his game that I think really were like you said excelled at like when he would do that out of nowhere he'd he'd, he'd finish and he'd, he'd counter anything and all that sort of stuff. There was a fun sort of aspect to his matches for a long time there, and I feel like little by little we're kind of losing that in favor of you know the quote unquote main event style that he's wrestling here, which is yeah like a forty minute limb work you know control period, and then the you know the talking in the ring like that's something that I think is a great asset to use, and I think there's times and, and places to use it, but like. It's just that's all it is now. It's just him going, oh, hey, hey, Tanahashi, hey, Tanahashi, hey, Tanahashi. You know, and he's just kicking him and hitting the guardrail and Gato screaming, ah, ha, ha. You know, like, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, okay, I, I, I get it. I understand what you're doing. But it's the same thing over and over and over. And it's just I'm ready for the next step here. I'm ready for the evolution. And I don't – I'm just not seeing it. And it, it, it stinks because I think he's got all the talent in the world. And I think he has the potential to be – Really, really, really good. But like you said, there's too there's too many of these matches that you see that you're just like, man. I but there's great there's great ones too. You know what I mean? There's great matches that he has as well. Where you're like, all right, there we go. That's what we need. But like you said, sometimes they land and sometimes they don't. And when they don't land, God, they're just infuriating. They're just really hard watch. Yeah, they're really just terrible, terrible watches. So yeah. So Uh, that was Dontaku Night One. So what a uh, (laughs) the best match of the show apparently featured Tangaloa. I didn't watch the other three tag matches, but uh, yeah, Zack Saber Junior Tangaloa, the highlight of of Night One. So desperate, desperate times there. So. As far as night one goes, not great, Bob. Not great. Night two uh, obviously lost a, a little bit of uh, uh, of, <laughs> of juice because of uh, COVID-related things. So without naming names, you could probably you know see who uh, got put in the protocol there. But uh, night two obviously had all the tag had a bunch of tag matches uh, that basically just filled out the undercard uh, leading up to, uh, to to Osprey versus Shingo. So I did not watch any of the other tag matches. Uh, anything stand out? Anything I need to uh, check out or the the listeners to check out? Uh, no, the tag matches on this show didn't quite have the same energy as the tag matches on the first show. Okay. But look, I'm not recommending the tag matches on the first show. <laughs> You're just, just saying, saying that if you were to watch them, you will, uh, you'll, no, you'll, yeah, yeah, they're fine. They have more energy than the usual undercard stuff. This was the night two undercard tags were your typical undercard tags. In fact, there was one, the one that had, uh, Togo and Yano, um, that that one fucking sucked, um, and the rest were were kind of were kind of just there. I thought it was notable that Master Watto ate another pin. Um, outside of that, there's really not much to sink your teeth into. Jado was pressed into action. Togo was pressed into action. Look, this was the prime definition of a one match show. I mean, you know, you lost the junior title match, which was really the only other match of note. On the entire show, you had all these tags. It, it there was only five matches, period. So it was all going to come down to Willow Spray versus Shingo. It, it was a one match show. 
good thing because you had the IWGP World Heavyweight title here. Will Ospreay defending against Shingo Takagi. 44 minutes and 53 seconds. Just fucking great. I mean, just incredible work. You liked it a lot. Uh, Well, I say this. like I love this match. I thought it was really, really good. You liked it even more than me. So I am going to let you have the floor, and then I will talk. But this is is your time here because you thought, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the best match that these two men have ever had. Out of their four, yeah. I mean, I've seen people say that they still prefer the best of Super Junior Final. Yes, I'm one of those as well. All right, here's why I would disagree, and I would put that one second. <laughs> disagree with my opinion. <laughs> I would put that one second of the four, and I would put the New Japan Cup final third, and I think the G1 match would, would easily be, be fourth. But the reason I prefer this one is because I think it was more of a complete wrestling match. I think the best of the Super Junior Final was like the best possible example of a super athletic I hate to use the term spot fest because that's not fair. Oh, that, that match was though. That and, and that's fine. Like it worked in that those guys in twenty minutes did a ten thousand things and it ruled every one of them ruled, but no, it's it's a spot fest match. It's fine. Yeah, but when you say spot no, fest No, people think yeah, people have a negative connotation people think about it. Yeah. GCW scramble opener. And and I they don't think you know facade. what I mean? Yeah, they think a facade doing a fucking twisting plancha to five other people, yeah. So but So yeah, I mean I know you get it when I say that, but I don't want people to think that I'm calling it something along those lines, it, but it was a great fucking match and like a match of the year uh, winner in a lot of places and contender in a lot of places and it, and well-earned and I loved it. And, you know, we spent a lot of time bragging about it here, that match, but it was a best of the super junior final style match, which is a different than a world heavyweight title style main event match, which is what they did here. So I thought this was a more complete match in terms of telling a story, uh, telling a four-match long story, because they did a lot of stuff that I don't want to call them callbacks because they weren't really callbacks, but stuff from the previous three matches that led to stuff they did in this match. Um, And of course had the, you know, exemplary top class two of the best wrestlers, not only in the world, but maybe to ever live. I mean, is that crazy to say? Uh, and, and the performance you're going to get out of two guys like that. So it had all of that. Plus, to me, it was just a more complete match with bigger stakes and all of those things. So that's why I prefer this one to the Super Junior match. Does that explanation make sense no, to you? No, it, it does. Or- yeah, and, and that's I, when it was over, That that's the thing that I had is like, you know, I, I think it's, in some ways, it's it's. I hate that we have to do the comparison of okay, which one now do you think is better, or which one is better? Like, because they're total two totally different matches. You're absolutely correct. Like this this match and the best of the Super Juniors match. These are, are all great matches. Oh, they're all great. Yeah, yeah but fe- other yeah. than featuring Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi, there is nothing that's similar to the best of the Super Juniors and, and this match. Other than yeah, they 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 call back some spots or whatever. But like you said, that one was a, a let's do as many spots as humanly possible. Just go boom, 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 boom for 20 minutes. Just absolutely do everything we can in 20 minutes. Whereas this one had a little bit more of a kind of a quote unquote main event match structure, more of a heavyweight match structure. And Will Ospreay is not the same guy that he was two or three years ago. And with Shingo Takagi, to a lesser extent, is not the same guy that he was two or three years ago, even though he's kind of eternal uh, at, at, at this point in terms of, of what he can deliver. But, like, yeah, they're, they're two totally different matches, and it kind of sucks that, you know, at the end of this, we're thinking, oh, you, one of the thoughts is, okay, where does this rank? Where does this rank? Where does this rank? And it's just, I, I, I'm of the mindset that I don't really... 
you know, even though I did it and that's kind of the bit that we we started this entire, you know, review with, it's just to me, I think that they they deserve to stand alone on on their own because they were two great like two of the best examples of their style of matches ever. That one, the prior one was probably the best example of a best of the super juniors final I can think of. Probably my favorite best of the super juniors final ever. And this one was right up there with some of the best, you know, heavyweight title matches I've ever seen, you know, in in my life as well. And and yeah, comparing them, you know apples to apples I, I i just don't love it because i think it, it takes away from both of them where they both should stand on their own in some ways because this this was tremendous i mean this was a really really tremendous match i mean will and shingo are you said it there and i have no problem standing on that ground as well two of the all-time greats shingo is i i'm done even trying to like give you know qualifiers for shingo i mean he's he's an all-time all-time great I mean, if, if you give me, if you said right now, Rich, give me your top 10, Shingo Takagi is in my top 10 of all time. Easily, easily in my top 10 of all time. That's fucking incredible. How long have we talked, how long, this yeah. show, as long as this show has existed, we have not gone three months, six months, whatever amount, we have, every single year of this entire show's existence, we've had multiple matches that Shingo Takagi's been in where we've said that's a fucking incredible match, Shingo Takagi's the greatest. You know what I mean? Like that that alone, and he's been good for years yeah. prior to us doing this show. You know, going back years and years before that. He's a fucking all time great. He's one of the best ever. And Will's on that trajectory too, man. I I, I wouldn't say he's in my top ten now, well, but dude, he's 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 gonna be there. I mean, unless some freak injury occurs, but he's he's on the fucking trajectory. Injury. Well, just thinking about it, I think I can say comfortably that they are two of the twenty best wrestlers of all time. That's fair, in my opinion. Yeah, comfortably, comfortably two of the best 20 that I've ever seen. Um, and they just had a match here that to me, when it was over, all I could think was this was special. It's almost like sometimes you see a match and you know that it was a great match, right? And you're like, oh, okay, this match I just watched was great. I know that this was great. This is one of the best matches I've seen this year or that this guy has ever had in his career. This was the kind of match where I watch it, and when it's over, I'm thinking to myself, this is better than all of the great matches I've seen. This was just a completely different level of great. Uh, This was something special. I I believe this is one of the best heavyweight title matches I've ever seen. I think you just said the same thing. Um, This is right up there with Tanahashi-Okada matches. It was probably better than about half of them. I'm prepared to say that. And I'd have to think about hmm, some of the others. I'd, that's tough. I need, I need to. I do need to sit down and kind of think about that a little bit. I so. think it's easily better than some of the than like the first dome match they had. The the there's a there's about three or four where this match was easily better than the bottom three or four Tanahashi Okada matches. It's probably just as good as the next couple, and then I don't think I'd put it ahead of like my top one or two. That I wouldn't do, but. Definitely, if you're slotting it in there, it's somewhere in the middle if you're ranking it with those matches, in my view. I think it's right there with a lot of the old uh, Triple Crown matches from the 90s that I love, right there in the same conversation. Better than a lot of them, worse than a few of them, off the top of my head. Um, you know, there's some uh, you know, uh, Ring of Honor world title matches I could think of that were maybe on this level. Um but not much else. You know, not much else. This was really that level of great to me. Um, I find it hard to believe 
it's, it's always dangerous to say this. I find it hard to believe anything will top it for my match of the year. But you can never say these things before G1. Yeah, not in May. It's always it's very dangerous to say it's that. Dangerous in May. to say yeah. these things before G1. It's dangerous, you know. Um, I mean, Osprey's going to wrestle Okada in 29 days. Who knows how? I mean, look what they did last time. That might be my number two match of the year. You know, the Tokyo Dome match. But this was just an incredible match, and I guess I should tell people why, right? Um, well, I talked about some of it, but. You look at this match, and I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, they've had the same match all four times. Well, you're not paying attention. That's <laughs> yeah, a that's, horrible that's take. not true. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, and then look, you may not be as invested in their matches, and you may not notice that they're not having the same match every time. But the last time these two guys wrestled, Osprey took like 70% of it. It was a very oddly structured match. And I noted that at the time when we talked about it. It's like, man, Osprey really kind of ate him up. You know, Shingo had that one zombie spot at the end. And we thought he was going to make a big comeback, but he didn't. Osprey put him away. Well, that played into this one. Because Osprey largely dominated Shingo in this match, Shingo had all the answers for all of Osprey's key shit. It counters for everything. He was ready for everything, right? So he had that aspect of it. Right down to the end of the match, where Will Osprey went for the top row per Rana, and Shingo shoved him off and blocked it. And it looked like Shingo was going to make his big comeback from there. But that's where he came off the top rope, and Osprey hit that cutter, and then that led to the 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 the, the finish, a tremendous way to finish it because it looks like Shingo, it's like oh he's got all the answers for this guy, but then out of nowhere cutter, and then the rainmaker and you know the stormbreaker and all that, you had the great arm work that Will Osprey was doing that ate up the middle portion of the match. Working Shingo's left arm. Which had a cool little story to it as well. Did you listen to the English commentary or, or the Japanese? Well, you watched it live, so you watched the Japanese commentary, I watched right? the Japanese commentary. Yeah, so I, I watched it back, and, and I, I like that Kevin Kelly brought this up, that a lot of that early work and, and, and a lot of it was Will Ospreay going for kind of a hoverboard lock, lock you know, type of move or whatever, and Kevin Kelly was really smartly, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that Will had this in mind as well. I don't know if 100% he did, but at least Kevin w- w- was hitting it on the head, so I, I'd imagine he may have. Uh, you know, call back to, you know, Will Ospreay and Kushida, who had a match at Wrestling Dontaku in 2018, where Will Ospreay defeated, you know, Kushida to win uh, the, the the junior heavyweight title. So a cool little thing that he was kind of yeah. saying, hey, you know what, hey, th- you know, I can, use, you know, hey, this guy used this against me. Let me see if I can do it against him. So it was kind of a cool little uh, thing there, a cool little callback as well. And whether it happened intentionally or unintentionally, well, it, was I, absolutely I enjoyed it. it had to be, it had to be intentional. I, I'd he had never used that move before. No. He was using Kushida's shit because it worked against him. In that so building he, at Tontaku, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, I mean that that's the one thing. This guy's a brilliant pro wrestler. I mean, you say what you want about him as a person, and you know, I don't think anyone thinks he's a brilliant guy. But in terms of pro wrestling, he's brilliant because he does stuff like this all the time. Um, you know, so yeah, that was absolutely intentional. He's he's working in Kushida stuff to work over Shingo's arm, and then Shingo never forgot about it. Like he was working. His left, his injured left arm into his offensive spots later in the match, you know. So um, and holding his left arm at his side, like it, like his arm was just useless, useless and lame at that point uh, forward. So while the arm work didn't play into the finish, it played into the rest of the match. It weakened Shingo, and he and he sold it tremendously the rest of the way. Both of these guys, their selling was out of this world. Not just selling spots but selling accumulated damage. By the end of the match, both guys are staggering around like Terry Funk because they just went 40 minutes and they're beating the living shit out of each other. And they're on their last legs. Will Ospreay. Okay, Shingo does the the uh, 
made in Japan through the two tables, which was a disgusting fucking spot. Oh my god, how great was that spot? And and how and how great did they tease the table spot uh, all match long? You don't know when it's coming. And remember, Shingo tried to give the Made in Japan on the floor in one of the earlier matches, and it yeah, didn't yeah. work out. Mm-hmm. And in this match, he does it off the apron through the table. Again, these aren't the same matches. No, and this that is, table, dude, those tables fucking explode. exploded. So he gives him the Made in Japan through the two tables, which was an extension of the previous matches. Gets Will back in the ring, gives him another Made in Japan, nearly breaks his neck on that one. And then what does Will do? He sells like he's fucking dead. And you know that the reason he did that is because he knows the move didn't come off as cleanly as it should have. So again, this guy's a, such a smart wrestler, bell to bell. And then by the end of the match, the way they both sold the accumulated damage down the stretch where they were both just running on fumes. And Will with the desperation, uh, I forget what move it was, where they where they did the double sell similar to the match before. And then it was just a matter of uh, you know who was going to be able to stand. And then... Let alone the fact, and then and then you know, outside of all the wrestling psychology stuff that I loved, that I just talked about, just look at some of the, the incredible spots in this match: the Made in Japan through the two tables, the bump that Willow Spray took off of that pumping bomber. I, oh, hold! I don't. Has anyone ever taken a bump that great off of a, <laughs> a clothesline ever in pro I wrestling? Know. It was awesome. I mean, you know, the error that he got on that, and just you know, just you know that spot. And all of the others that I can't even, you know, the the hidden blade to the front of the throat in the closing stretch of the match that, you know, I, I, I audibly squealed and thought that Shingo was fucking dead when he hit. The hidden blade is the best move in wrestling. It's the best move in wrestling, and it should be his finisher. I have no idea why he's, the Stormbreaker is the finisher. The Stormbreaker should set up the hidden blade. He should give the guy the Stormbreaker, sit him up. And then give him the hidden blade. I, I'm with you. You know, I'm 100% with you. I, I always think that because he hits a hidden blade. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And then he picks him up. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Stormbreaker. Because the Stormbreaker is like, it's kind of convoluted. And he's got to flip and do. It has. It does not have the same impact. Whereas I'm 100% with you. He needs to turn that around and just fucking knock people out with the hidden blade and leave them laying in the middle of the ring after that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. 100% with you on that. Yeah, so that hidden blade to the throat. So there were just all these spots that were just stupid. And then, and the match, it, it felt like a fight. Shingo's matches always feel like there's a physicality to them. Willow Spray is very underrated in that regard, especially when he's in there with another guy like that. Uh, it was stiff. It was nasty. A lot of the spots I just described were just nasty-looking spots. Uh, they both looked like they had come out of fucking uh, a tour of duty by the time this thing was over. They were both in tatters. Um, and on top of all of that, uh, despite the complexity of a lot of the spots and everything, the work in this match was fucking impeccable. Find me a flaw in the work in this match. You can't. Yeah. The, just, you can't. I, I, for 44 minutes, two guys go out there and, and flawless and work. Everything they try to do, they do and do it well. Never, yeah, didn't fuck anything up. Nobody felt like they were out of place at any point. I mean, that that to me alone, just on just on that level, is so remarkable to do. To it's just, the idea of that, the the amount of body coordination and stamina that you have to have for forty five minutes to go out there with a the pace that they worked at and not fuck anything up and not have one misstep, one you know, one minor fuck up, nothing, just a hundred percent pure and, smooth work. It's 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 and thank you for crazy. bringing up that and thank you for bringing up that word pace because that's the final thing I want to talk about before I hand it off to you. The pacing of this match. This was one of the best paced matches I've ever seen. And the reason I say that, it wasn't balls to the wall, 
but there also wasn't a single dull moment in the 44 minutes of this match. They work this match at a perfect pace. Okay? 44 minutes, 45 minutes. And they had to go long because there was a five-match show and there was nothing else on it that went over fucking 10 minutes. Okay? Uh, 45 minutes, and from start to finish, it was compelling from start to finish. No fucking rest holds to kill any time. Nothing that happened in the match that that wasn't impactful or didn't feel like it mattered. Okay? They filled the time to perfection. And they never, you know, they never showed any sign of gassing either guy. Okay? Despite the fact that they were working basically at a solid pace from start to finish. Okay? But never overdoing it. They never hit that best of the super junior pace. Why? It wasn't a best of the super junior match. It was a world heavyweight title match. And they worked it as such. Completely different match, as we talked about a few moments ago, than a Super Junior style match. Super Juniors, they worked that kind of match. This match, they did something else. And they could have easily went back to their old bag of tricks and done the same old shit. But they treated this match with the reverence it deserved. You don't think Will Ospreay is into the idea of being the IWG World Heavyweight Champion? There's effort going into these matches for him. And Shingo, that man's a fucking machine. A machine. Can you believe there were people arguing with us that when we said Shingo should have been pushed instead of evil? I don't want to go back down that road, but they look like fools. Fools! We win again! As always, we, we win again. Yeah, it, it, this was a, Eternal victory lap for us on, those, on that one. But, uh, yeah. but this, this, this was... But listen, all told, when you factor all of that in, for me, this is as close to a perfect match... I can't find a single flaw or thing I would change about this match. It was perfect. That's why I'm going five stars. There it is. That's why I think. Is that your first five fun. of the year? Uh, no, I got a couple. Hold on, I'll, I'll pull it out. Yeah, pull, pull, get the get the notebook out there. I, I think I'll Wrestle Kingdom you may have gone little, five. You may have gone five. Yeah, I, I, I did. Let me go through the rest of my little diatribe here, and I'll dig it out. For okay, you. please do. Um, that's why I'm going five stars. That's why I think it's one of the greatest world title matches I've ever seen. And I can only think of a couple off the top of my head that I would definitely place above it. Um, but I think it's one of the 10 best heavyweight title matches I've ever seen. Maybe one of the 10 best matches I've ever seen, period. Because um, it, it, it really was that great in every regard. Selling, pacing, work. Um, the fact that it, it's uh, you know uh, part of a series and they incorporated all of their previous shit into this match. Uh, the, the, the storytelling within this match, with the arm work on Shingo, the spot where Shingo bluffed the Lariat, knowing that Osprey would duck because they know each other so well now, and then DDT'd him. With the healthy arm, by the way. Just little things, and there's a million things like that in this match. And it's one of those matches where it reinvigorates my love for pro wrestling because I remember how great pro wrestling could be when I watch a match like this. Five stars, one of the greatest world heavyweight title matches I've ever seen, one of the greatest matches I've seen, and it really hammers home the idea that this are, these are two of the best guys, not just today, but quite honestly, probably ever. There you go. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Rich Crates, the floor is yours for the. What you, I mean, what else do I add to that? Well, I mean, tell me why you hated the match. So I much, didn't fucking think it was hated this thing. I went four and three quarters because I thought it was trash. These goddamn spot monkeys. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was fucking tremendous. The, the, the reason I didn't go the full five is, you know, you always say, like, when you do the five, you just got to feel it. Yeah. You got to know it, and you just got to do it. And when it was over, I was just like, ah, no, not quite there, but, like, I still loved it. I really, so it's, I, I definitely, I went four and, and, and three quarters. I still think it is in the pantheon of, of, of all-time great, you know, heavyweight title matches. With that being said, there are still a few matches that I would put above it. I thought Okada and Will uh, from Wrestle Kingdom this year was a little bit better. I also liked Will versus Zack Sabre Jr. from uh, uh, March 14th. Remember that one? It was uh, New Japan Cup, or so I forget exactly what the what the show was, but that that match really really stood out to me, uh, just being tremendous because it was it was compact. I'm I'm always a bigger fan of the compact matches or whatnot versus ones that go a little bit longer. But with that said, the criticisms that I have, I mean, they're very minimal with this match. I mean, they they they, they went 45 minutes. They kept my attention the entire time. The pace never... I mean, the, the thing that I'll say... And you mentioned the pace thing, and you had a little bit of a, a, a rant about that. But the thing that I loved about the pace of this match is it just always stayed at... 
I don't know what number to use, like seven. You know what I mean? It was always at a yes. seven. <laughs> like I know it never, exactly what you mean. It yeah. never went to a two. It was never, you know, Shingo had a, a, a tight side headlock while they both guys got their breath. And it never went to the boom, 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 counter, 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 counter. Like, you know, the best of the Super Juniors was pretty much a nine or a ten the entire 20 minutes. This yeah. match was a seven the entire time. And that's fucking awesome. That's really hard to do. Like that, People don't understand how hard that is to go at seven for 45 minutes. That and is that's the difficult. Point I was, and that's the point I was trying to make about why the pacing was so good because if they would have ramped it up to a nine or 10, it still would have been a great match, but it would have not been a perfect match to Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's, yeah, to me, maybe I wanted it maybe to go to 10 at at a certain point. It never did. And maybe that is why I didn't love it nearly as much as you did. But I mean, you got to give it up for going that entire pace the entire time. And for 45 minutes, keeping that consistent pace and always filling every moment of that time with something. I mean, there was a, there was a point where I was watching and they made the 20 minute call. And then there was a point where I was watching where they made the 40 minute call. And I swear to God, Joe, like five minutes passed. In those 20 minutes, it was just like, my dude, those guys got to 40 minutes already. Like it, it just completely blew by. So yeah, that, that was awesome work there. But I mean, yeah, it's just, I, I think the thing that I love most about this match is just like what you mentioned that, that you go for that long, you go at that pace and just everything works. There's no fuck ups. There's nothing that's weird. Everything works well. And there's a lot of cool callbacks. There's the Will Kushida stuff. There's Shingo and Will stuff. There's Shingo being fucking Shingo. And it's just, yeah, there there was points too when during the match. And I, I I will say that they really they had you buying that Shingo could do it. That Shingo could have finally figured this out. When you know going in there was almost no doubt in my mind that Will was going to win. And that's a testament to Shingo being great. It's a testament to those guys being great. Is that there were points like you said the consecutive main Japan's. I'm thinking ah fuck maybe. Like, I mean, I don't think that they're going to do it, but uh, maybe, maybe they are going to do it. And, and that, and that still did hook me. And it was one of those moments too, where watching even a few days later, even knowing the result, your heart kind of stops for a sec. You're like, wait, I thought that will won this, but I don't know. Is it going to kick out of two main Japans? Like there's no way. And the, so there was a, a lot of stuff in this match too, that, 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 that did that. So yeah, I think a tremendous, tremendous match. Uh, obviously I hated it with, with my four and three quarters coward, uh, uh rating there, but, uh, yeah, just absolutely. If you have not watched it, go out of your way to watch it. And, uh, it will come up again at the end of the year for a match of the year countdown for sure it will it, it will be in the mix i don't know if it's going to win i think there's some pretty good contenders already uh this year but uh it's going to be in the mix and and i'm just looking at my you know my match of the year list here my high ratings and it's just fucking it's all will and shink <laughs> it's unbelievable i have at this point joe right now six shingo takagi matches that i've given four and a half plus stars to six yeah it's Shingo and Hiroshi Tanahashi from January. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Shingo. Shingo versus Jeff Cobb. Shingo versus Okada. Shingo versus Will Ospreay. And Shingo. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, I double counted as Shingo versus Will Ospreay. Five yeah. matches that I have given uh, uh, four plus, uh, four and a half plus two for Shingo. I mean, he's he's just unbelievable. These are the two best wrestlers in the world right now. Oh, and I'm not even close. It's not even, there, there's nobody even in the same universe as that. You know, I, I really do think that. I mean, and Will Ospreay has the Okada match in front of him. And then oh, he I have has six Will matches. Sorry, I forget. So I actually have one more Will match than I had Shingo matches. There you go. Yeah, and he's got the Okada match in front of him, and he's got a whole G1 in front of him. I mean, you know, whether you want to hear it or not, he's going to be the wrestler of the year. It's going to come down to him and Omega, and he has the better match resume than Omega. Omega is going to win the Flair Thez, and Ospreay will probably win most outstanding or at least deserve to win it. Mm-hmm. But the people who don't vote for Osprey or who ethically don't want to vote for him, that nonsense, they'll probably vote for Shingo. I, I don't see how you could vote for anybody else. To answer your question earlier, I have two other five-star matches this year, Okada Osprey from Wrestle Kingdom and Shingo Jeff Cobb from Wrestle Kingdom are my two other five-star matches this year. Um, 
and then you look at four and three quarters and see if you can identify the trend. Tanahashi Shingo from uh, January 30th. Yeah. Um, four and three quarters, uh, none in February. Uh March, it's Willow Spray Zack Sabre Jr., the match that you just brought up a couple minutes ago. Willow Spray Shingo from the New Japan Cup. And four and three quarters. And then this match here. So what's the common theme with every match I have at it four and three quarters? It appears to be Shingo or, or Will Ospreay involved, yes. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> very much mirroring your uh, opinion here that, you know, you had six each for them or whatever it was, four and a half or higher. And I have something like four each at four and three quarters or higher for those two guys. Um, so, yeah, they've been the two best wrestlers in the world, I think. I don't even know. I mean, if we were trying to come up with a third guy who would challenge one of those two spots, I don't even know what direction you would go. Yeah, um, I, there's Phoenix a lot of... has been very good, but he hasn't had matches at this level. Mm-hmm. Um. Where I I mean I'm at a loss I don't know even yeah know where I've, I, I've liked Kento Miyahara a lot this year and and maybe he's mm. the next guy but I don't think he's had it I mean he had the Zeus match that I really liked he has the match that we're going to talk about here in a little bit that I really liked but I don't know if I put him on on, on that level um and then there's a lot a lot of guys that have like Kotobushi I think has has you know one really tremendous match this year I think Okada has one or two tremendous matches so far this year uh. Yeah, it's like I said, it's 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 one and two, and then a a big old list of people behind them, a big old blob of people behind them. I think they're. I, they're I can't so go, far I can't, ahead. I can't turn to people like Okada and Naito who might have, you know, one great match of the year level. Yeah, we're talking about guys then, that we're we're in we're in May and they have like five or six like high level yeah. match. I mean, there's nowhere close. I mean, no Naito hasn't them. done a thing since Wrestle Kingdom, and Okada. Outside of the Will Ospreay match from Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, what else is there for him? I mean, he's a guy who's just chilling. Um, I think his resume is a little stronger than Naito's. Well, Naito has the two Ibushi matches, I guess, uh, the one in February as well. But it, yeah, I mean, but those are, aren't guys that are at that level. I mean, you're not going to find guys that have the depth. And then there's just other Shingo and Will matches too, like the Shingo match against Goto from March, which was awesome, but just wasn't at you know threatening five stars awesome but you know that match was awesome and then you have the will Ospreay match against abushi which you know i've got at four and a half so it's like it's not just the super super high-end stuff with these two guys it's like every time they step in the ring they're fucking awesome so you know to me yeah and miyahara i've liked his work too but he hasn't had a classic miyahara year where it's banger after banger. He's had a lot of really good matches, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's had anything on the level of like the match we're talking about. No, now. no, no, certainly not. Um, so, I mean, I don't, unless we're forgetting someone obvious, I mean, you look at Kenny Omega, you know, he's having a really, you know, he's the flair Thez front runner to me, but when you look at his matches, okay, nothing at this level. Now he's had a bunch of really good six man tags, television, six man tags that have been low level notebook matches. The Rich Swan match was a bit divisive. You know, it was a low-level uh, notebook match for me. You weren't here last week. Uh, how many stars did you give that match? Uh, for which Omega one? Swan. Omega Swan. Did you uh, get to it? Or... I actually have not seen Omega Swan yet. So. Okay, so you didn't even get to it. Yeah, so Omega has, you know, the Seidel match, which was a really good TV match. But again, nothing on the, the Ray Phoenix match, probably his best match from New Year's uh, Smash. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, Will Ospreay and Shingo have three or four matches that are 
just as good and probably better than Kenny Omega's best match. So I don't even think you could turn to Omega. So where do you turn? Is there someone in WWE? There's not. Uh, you know, is there someone in Mexico? Not from what I've seen. You know, and I've, I've watched the big AAA show, uh, you know, and, and I watched the Volador Bandito match, which was an excellent. But I, I mean, where do you turn? I mean, is there someone on the indies having matches at that level? God, no. So these are the two best wrestlers in the world. It's going to come down to these two guys. And the only way someone else could get in the mix is if Okada beats Will Ospreay, which I think he will, by the way, for the title. And then he ramps it up and decides to have a typical Okada G1, which I don't know if he's interested in doing at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if those days are if he's really willing to, you know, sacrifice his body to 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 go out there for a month and have, you know, just great match after great match. And I I don't know. Yeah, I think he's a guy that's gonna just peak in, in, in the big time moments and he'll still have three or four, you know, G one matches that really stand out. But yeah, I don't know if the day the days of him going out there and having two straight weeks of great matches, I I, I think are probably done, unfortunately. Yeah, and then I, I mean, but hype, you know, if he wins a title, has a big G one, and then has a couple good title defenses, you know, he's a guy that I could project out putting in the conversation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe someone emerges in the G one and has a big G one, but Shingo and Will Ospreay will be in that tournament too, no, right? And, and they only- will also, and those guys will have two straight weeks of great matches because that's what they do. Yeah, because they're going to put the effort in, you know, because um, Shingo's a fucking machine. And Will Ospreay is still at the point of his career where it's maximum effort every time, especially this year, because this is to him. He sees this as his year. Yeah, he's arrived. He's arrived at this point. And this is, and this he's is, showing this out. is what he's worked so, for. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, this is like one of those classic. There's like Okada 2017 or whatever, where it's just every fucking match. It's full on effort, even tags and shit, because his body's not feeling it the way these other guys are. And he feels like this is his year to shine. So these are your front runners. but um. I didn't know we were going to have an impromptu wrestler of the year discussion, but um, yeah, no, the match though. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't add any superlatives that I haven't already. I just thought it was fucking superb. I'm trying to find the tweet from super J cast. I can't remember their handle. Um, I thought it was just super J cast, but it's not. Um, let me see if I could find. It's the super J cast in case. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, probably that... the problem. Yeah. It's at the super J cast. So the Super J cast, because I want to read you this um, Joel tweet from that night, because I don't want to steal his phraseology, but I thought he said it perfectly regarding the uh, title match. And of course, I can't find it. But um, basically, paraphrasing Joel is he called the match an instant classic. In real time, which I think... Uh, here's the, I think I found the exact tweet that you're talking about here. It says, yeah. uh, uh, Osprey and Shingo had a lot of pressure on them to deliver tonight, but they didn't just knock it out of the park. They knocked it in orbit and nuked the park for good measure. What an outstanding match. A modern classic up there with the very best of Omega and Okada. Yeah, there you go. I like that a they knocked it into classic. orbit and nuked the park for good measure, because that's what Shingo would do for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. He's a fucking maniac. He would... Uh, but that was that was my feeling in real time too that I just witnessed a modern classic. Yeah. And he brings up Omega and Okada and that's the final point that I'm going to make. These guys have had four matches now and I think they with this match they have now entered the pantheon of the greatest in-ring rivalries of all time. And I know that probably sounds like a heavy statement too, but I've got two of their matches at 5 stars and another at 4 and 3 quarters. I mean, what are we doing here? Th- this rivalry has been just as good or at least in the same stratosphere 
if not quite as good as Omega Okada, as Okada Tanahashi, as Flair Steamboat. It's there. I truly believe that. This, yeah, this- to me, the one thing that I will say, the reason why I, I, I'm still a little apprehensive to, to put it in that pantheon, even though it, it probably is at least in the mix or deserves a little bit of the conversation, is you know moving forward, looking at where this thing goes from here. If they, if they never have another match ever, you know, is it there? I, I don't know. But even if they do have matches moving forward and they do have, I we're at a point now where, especially in New Japan, I'm. I'm just I I don't know that their use of Shingo is gonna make it that you know what I mean because like, if if it just ends up with Will Ospreay just winning every single time they face one another that's gonna lose a little bit of its luster whereas that's where the Omega Okada and the, the Okada Tanahashi's and those you know even in the Flair Steamboats where there was that idea of okay we don't know who's gonna go in here and win this match and and Shingo obviously went out to the early lead in, in, in that feud but Will has kind of passed them up and it now seems almost impossible that Shingo is ever gonna beat this guy moving forward, but I mean, I guess if the title's not involved, there's a, a chance of that to happen or, or, or whatnot, or I don't know, maybe New Japan just finally fucking figures it out, figures it out and pushes Shingo, I have no idea, but but that that would be the only thing that would kind of prevent it, for me, for getting that upper upper echelon, is is in, in all of those matches, you came in going, I don't know who's going to win this, and it could be either guy that wins this match, and that, that was always an intriguing thing about that. Dragon Lee, Hiromu, I mean, you go right down the line, but I think you make a good point, I can't put it I'd put it behind a lot of those, if not all of them. Let me be clear. I just think it's in the it, it, it's in the conversation of when I start bringing up the greatest in ring rivalries of all time. This is going to be one of them now, you know. But I don't think it's better than Okada Tanahashi because you're right. The other guy has to win a big one. Okay, he won. He's he, Osprey's three and one. I think if Shingo eventually beats Osprey at some point for this title. Now you're really cooking with gas here in terms of comparing it to these other rivalries as well, um, where I don't think I'd put it ahead of any of the ones I named, with the exception of Dragon Lee Hiromu. I think I'd put it ahead of that one. I wouldn't put it ahead of Okada Omega, Okada Tanahashi, or Flair Steamboat. Um, you're, feel free to throw others at me if you want. But, I mean, I'd, I'd bring it up in the same breath. You know, we want to talk about Malenko Guerrero? Uh, whichever ones you bring up. I think it's fair to put this one in that same conversation now. Cena Orton. Of course. Oh, who can forget the 20 pay-per-view matches they had in one single <laughs> calendar year. So, uh, Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Tommaso. Oh, that's, sorry. That's the wrong, wrong segment. I thought we were doing that. You mean we didn't matches. get the, those dream match scenes? That <laughs> Somehow we did not. Yeah. We didn't get those? Daniel Bryan versus Andrade. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Yeah, we didn't get those three or four match series between no, those guys? I no. thought. Yeah. We were promised, though. They promised I, us. They, yeah, it was going to happen. So sorry. Wrong, wrong segment. But uh, anyway, that's Wrestling Don't Taku. That's New Japan. Uh, we do have Wrestle Grand Slam uh, as far as the big shows coming up. That way you know what matches for. Uh, we know Will versus Okada. That's May 29th at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, we know nothing about the stadium show. We know nothing else about the Tokyo Dome show. We don't know what the state of emergencies are going to be. We have no fucking clue. So as Joe said, if it's on, watch it. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be tough to preview these shows moving forward as as nobody has any clue what's going on. So. Naito Ibushi, that's another one. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All the All Japan ones, I wasn't even thinking about All Japan. Right, right, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose we know, should probably mention those as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ibushi. there's a ton of them. Yeah. There's a ton of them, but I think it's, it's it, I don't think, here's my point. While I don't think it's probably better than most of those. It deserves to be in that conversation. If you're, it's if you're not doing, insulting if you bring it up in the conversation. Right, if you're doing like, a listicle, you should, you should maybe consider mentioning it if you're going to do a list about the best yeah. in-ring rivalries of all time. So That's all I'm saying, and I'm not sure Willow Spray Zack Sabre Jr. is that far off. Yeah, hell, yeah, 
I was going to say Will and Marty too, but that's, you know. Uh, you could say it. I mean, look, you yeah. can say it without endorsing Marty Skrull. Right, right, I right. I mean, it, it's, it, it, the match has happened. What are you going to do? OJ Simpson ran for fucking 2,105. Oh, what are you going to do? It happened. Yeah, Chris Benoit, pretty good wrestler. Pretty, you know, pretty I, fucking know, horrible human being. So, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio psychosis, you know, uh, you, you go right down the line. It's better than some of them. It's not as good as some of them. I probably have to put more thought. Mm-hmm. Into Hiromu Dragon Lee, I don't. I'd put. I have to put a lot of thought into that. So I think Hiromu and Dragon Lee had. They had like eight or nine matches against each other, and they were all great, 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 with the exception of that. Oddly enough, the Ring of Honor match, which probably had more eyeballs on it in America than any of them. With oh, the right, exception. yeah, yeah, and it was just like fine if I remember correctly. And it was right? fine. Yeah. Now they had matches in New Japan that were more high profile than that one later but up to that point it was the most high profile match they had to americans because all of their matches had been in cmll to that point um and it, and it was really disappointing because it was a good match but it wasn't a great match and every other match they ever had was great and so they've had more great matches than will and shingo have had you know by sheer numbers because they've had more matches against each other uh so that one i'd have to think about as well this is only four matches, but to me, three of them have been, you know, high level match of the year caliber. That's a pretty good hit rate. So, you know, you look at Okada Tanahashi, not all of them were match of the year cal- caliber. You know, they had a couple that were, you know, you know, you go back and watch them. That one Tokyo Dome match was like, I think it was like a four star match. Um, you know, and there were a couple of other, like uh, a couple of the later ones, the one in Dallas definitely wasn't a match of the year caliber match. So, uh, you know, these guys have an incredible hit rate. But again, that could also be a product of not having as many. They didn't haven't had chances to have matches that weren't, you know, super high end. But anyway, we got other shit to get to. Let's uh, let's get to some of the other shit. Let's go to uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll stay in Japan here. Uh, actually, I think we're going to stay in Japan for, for a lot of this stuff yeah, until we get to AEW. So uh, Champion Carnival uh, wrapped up here on May 3rd. Uh, I did not, I've not seen as much of the tournament as you have, so I don't want to go wrestler by wrestler. We're, we're a little bit too late in the show to kind of do that and wrap up. Let's uh, do the ch- final. Let's just do the yeah, final. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the final. So well, actually, I want to talk about the semifinal as well because okay. I did watch that match on your uh, tweet recommendations or, or your Slack recommendations. I forget where you recommended this, but Suji Ishikawa versus Suwama. Two guys that I have not been interested whatsoever in, in in recent years. They went out there and they fucking had a great match, man. That meant nothing. This match meant nothing in, in the actual you know uh, pantheon of, of of the champion carnival. It was all about that that final match between Jake Lee and Kento Miyahara. But those two dudes went out there and worked their asses off. I thought this was awesome. This was really really fun. Oh, I thought you meant you wanted to do the night before. You meant the semifinal match. Of yes, the final. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I figured we would talk about the show. But yeah. Um, no, I love the Shikawa Suwama. And How I good was that? Like, that was so good. Though that was both guys working their asses off. I did not expect that either. I mean, they went balls to the wall and just beat the fuck out of one another. I liked it better than than Miyahara Jake Lee. Interesting. I, I don't know if match. I'm there, but but it was close. It was close. I think I'm by myself because if you look at cage match, that's not the case. And let me pull up grapple. But I know that on cage match, the uh, Lee Miyahara match was higher. Um, so I think I'm alone in that take, but I, you know, sometimes you're going to be, uh, you're going to have the brave lone take. Let me see. Yeah. So Jake Lee Miyahara on grapple is 4.36 and Ishikawa Suwama is 3.88. So, um, I will be the lone wolf on this, but yeah, I went four and a half on Ishikawa Suwama. 
I thought they fucking killed each other. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was a similar style of match, but I don't think um, quite as, well, Fujita Sugera from the Noah show was similar and they're about the same quality. I, I, I don't know which one I prefer, but I definitely liked it better than Miyahara Lee. I guess we'll talk about that match in depth as well. But yeah, these two guys just went out there and killed each other. And I think that Suwama had a better carnival overall than he has had title reign. I haven't liked his title reign. That's fair. Yeah, of, of the matches. I haven't seen all of them, but of the matches I've seen, he, he's definitely delivered on, in the carnival, for sure. He was really he was rock solid in the carnival, Suwama. In fact, if he's not my 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 MVP of the carnival, he's he's no further than number two behind Miyahara. Um, because Miyahara had the Yuma Aoyagi match, which was which was which was great. The Jake Lee match, which I thought was very good. The Zeus match, but Suwama, I mean, I love the Ashino match, and I really love this Ishikawa match. I thought this was the best match of the whole tournament. So Suwama would probably be my number two guy. And if you would have told me that coming into the tournament, I would have laughed at you because I think his title reign has been shit. Um, I haven't liked it at all. He's looked like a guy who's way past his prime and everything else, but. Um, this match fucking ruled. I'm surprised you really liked it too, because I feel like I'm the only guy. Like everyone thinks it was pretty good, but I think it was great. Yeah, it's, so. it's just a, God, 20 minutes, and 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 this was the match where I made my declaration. And Joe, I, I wanna I wanna put this by you too to see what you think. I watched this match, and obviously this was done in Cork and Hall, and because of the state of emergency, there was no fans. And when this match was over, I, I, I made an official declaration. I did not tweet it because I didn't really want to do the arguments or whatever. But yeah, I made yeah. the official declaration that I prefer no fans over clap crowds. In the super small buildings, I completely agree. The atmosphere is so much better. I, because you don't have that mental block of why aren't the fans cheering. Yeah, there's this weird thing where you see fans in the building and they're not cheering. And also the claps are just... I've gotten really sick of the clap. I kind of hate the clap crowds now. Like when they initially started, it was like, hey, cool, some energy. Let's go. But now it's just like the the sound of it just drives me nuts. It makes my ears bleed when there's just a bunch yeah. of people clapping really fast. And, and it's just constant clapping. It just becomes too much. It just it especially in the it, all Japan had a few, you know, uh, shows in these really, really small buildings or whatever. And yeah, you hear like 10 people clapping and they're right next to the camera. They're right next to the microphone. It just drives me up a fucking wall. And I just, I, 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 I like the no ring or uh, the no fans a little bit better because I think the, the wrestlers wrestle a little differently. They understand that they're wrestling in front of nobody. They know that they have to kind of fill those gaps a little bit. The production, I think, is a little bit better because they don't show the crowd. They zoom in. They keep it really low. And then what they do in All Japan, and, and All Japan, honestly, is probably the best at the no, quote unquote, no fans, is because what they do is they'll have you know the wrestlers go out to the crowd and the wrestlers make just as much noise and better noise than the fucking clap crowds would have you know what i mean they're out there hooting and hollering and yelling and stuff and and it works better and then sushi shikawa and suwama just go and beat the fuck out of each other you hear everything they do you hear all the in-ring action and yeah it's 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 perfectly okay so i i i officially declared at, at this moment that i i much prefer having no fans over clap crowds so uh, I mean, I'll be more than happy when we get actual crowds that can actually make noise and cheer and stuff. But uh, I'm kind of done with clap crowds for 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 now, and kind of hope they they go away because it's just and it also uh, avoids the oh they were clapping much faster and louder for this. <laughs> they must have loved it. It's just like oh how do you know they're just clapping the same for everybody? I don't know. You know, it's 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 so dumb. Yeah, I think it. You're you're. I think you're right, and I think it really is even more apparent in the smaller buildings. Um, like that 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 first ring when they had their empty empty uh, no fan show, 
the thing with the clap crowds is what I do, and I know it sounds weird. I turn the sound down to almost nothing, but not completely off. And what that does is it still gives you the commentary. It still gives you the ring noises and the ring sounds. And you can hear the the claps, but because the sound is down, I guess there's just some kind of mental thing in my head where I, I'm a, my brain registers that as pops. As opposed to when I have the sound up and it's just very obvious that it's just polite clapping. It's weird. I, it works for me. It's hard to explain. But if anyone's struggling with the clap crowds, try it. Turn your volume down to like where you can just still hear it and watch. And it's almost like your brain puts the pops where they belong in a, in a weird way, uh, where they're meant to be, where you expect them to come. But I agree. I, I agree with you. I think the atmosphere is better. And I think all Japan, all Japan and the NWA have really nailed it because they have like you said, those other wrestlers or the extras making that noise off camera. And as long as it's tight shots and you don't see the empty seats, that's a big part of it too. It just sounds like a, a small room setting. And, it, and, and, and um, you know, the, the NWA power shows, they have the same feel as they had with the full fans. Right, right. Because you're still getting that hooting and hollering and, and catcalling. And that was kind of the feel of these all Japan shows with no fans. The, the clap thing, and, and again, I understand why they're doing it. I'm glad you know fans can go, and I'm glad that they can be there and do stuff or whatever. But like it always, it's one of those things that you know we we a term that we heard last year a ton during COVID for wrestling, for baseball, for anything is it's like you know it it, it distracts you from what's going on in the world, and like the clap crowd just making me more evident that we're in a weird. You know, whereas the no crowd, it's just like, ah, you know what? This two dudes going out there and fucking wrestling in a, in a, in a warehouse or whatever. Like, I could, I could buy that more than this crowd of, of 5,000 people are, are making very weird clap noises and, and, and stomp noises. Like, you know what I mean? It, it distracts me more that they're clapping and making noises versus just being in the ring and, and, and wrestling in a warehouse. You know, that just, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I never thought I would get to that point because I was so ready for us to have fans again. And, you know, now that we're six, seven months or half a year, whatever the hell it is, into the clap crowds, I just, I'm bored of them. I'm just ready to get to the next step with, with it or just have no fans for a while until we can finally get to, to, to full fans. But anyway, that was Suji Chicago and Suama. Uh, and let's talk about the Champion Carnival uh, main event, which I uh, appear to have liked a little bit more than you. Jake Lee defeats Kento Miyahara. So before we talk about the match itself, uh, Jake Lee, the big moment for him, Jake Lee finally, you know, he turns heel uh, earlier in the year. Uh, gets kind of the first injection of personality into his character for the, you know, what felt like uh, a long time coming, and uh, now he's your champion carnival champ, uh, you know, winner. He he defeats Kento Miyahara in the main event. I like the match a lot, but what do you think of uh, uh, of Jake Lee winning uh, the champion carnival? Right time for him to do it. I mean, I, it, it, that seems pretty obvious, but but I'll I'll ask the question anyway. No, yeah, I I was look for my personal taste. I wanted Miyahara to win, and I'd like him to win the title because I think he's the best and most interesting wrestler in the company. But I wanted Jake Lee to win because it's the right move. Um, you do the heel turn. You give him his own unit. Uh, just fucking do it. Okay? And he needs to win the title. Just go all the way with this. This is really the perfect time to do it, too. Because if you're going to have no fans or you're going to have limited fans, right, it's less risky mm -hmm. to do it now. Because you can sell fucking 200 tickets to these buildings. Um, and then maybe when the crowds come back, because he's been on top the whole time, Maybe he'll be over enough to sell it. You find out then, you know, so this is like the perfect time to experiment and, and go with someone 
instead of crusty old Suwama, where you know what you have, he's never going to be a breakout guy. He's on the back end of his career. To me, this is all wasted time with Suwama having this long title reign. He's fucking Suwama. You know what you're going to get. He's never going to be a difference maker. So do the move, you know, put it on Lee now and, and present him as a top guy during these COVID times. And then maybe when you're out of COVID, people will just see him at that level. Or maybe they won't, but it's fucking time to try. Yeah, you went sure. through the whole turn and everything else. Just fucking do it, man. Um, people seem to be down on his work in this tournament. Uh, it's weird because I've been down on him so long. I enjoyed him in this tournament. I like the character work. He didn't go out there and have banger after banger, but I thought he did good character work. And um, I thought he had a good match here when he needed to. My one critique of this match is because he's a heel and he had the long control period. And even though Miyahara sold his ass off because Miyahara is just so fucking good, Lee struggles a bit, I've noticed, when he has to be in control for long periods of time. He struggles with compelling offense from the top. And that's something he's going to have to learn, especially as a heel. And, uh, you know, that was definitely a weakness of this match, which is why I say this match was very good. Can't call it great. Uh, Four, four and a quarter range for me because the long Jake Lee control period in the middle uh, outside of Miyahara's great selling, I thought wasn't very compelling. Obviously, the closing stretch was pretty good, and and uh, and the right guy won, and all of those things. I just didn't think it was a great match. Yeah, so I I I think I liked it a little bit more than you did, and and I, I thought there was points like you said where where Lee's control period was a little boring, but but I would say the last real half of the match I thought was really really good. Once you got into the Kento Miyahara kind of coming back and, and working his way back, and and Jake Lee trying to cut him off and cut him off and cut him off and 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 all that sort of stuff. So I really enjoyed the, the final stretch there, and and I went in. No, I, I went actually in, came in unspoiled. Like I did not know who actually won this one, so that was kind of cool to to watch that and and you know watching it unspoiled and 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 you know feeling like at any point either guy could win this match and and um yeah, Kenta Miyahara is just fantastic. I mean he he again is is so clearly and you've made this point a lot of times as well and 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 there's usually not much pushback. I mean there's some pushback from weirdos, but we don't really care about them. Where it's like so clear that he's like the best guy in all Japan by like leaps and bounds. Like, Jake Lee's fine. You know what I mean? Jake Lee is okay, and I want Jake Lee to win the title because it's time to do that. But, like, Kentsumi Har is so much of a better wrestler than Jake Lee. It's not even close. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not a slight on Jake Lee. It's just more to to how great Kentsumi Ahara is and how just, like, you see you, – you know, I've watched a lot of the Champion Carnival, and there's some there's some really good stuff. There's some stuff I really, really like in the Champion Carnival, but it's – oh, my God, is it so clear that Kentsumi Ahara is just, like, the best guy in that entire company. Like, just just so far and away. And he's just a good-ass wrestler. I just love watching Kentsumi Ahara work. And and uh, this is one of those matches, again, like, very – you know, very a lot of other Jake Lee matches, mostly featuring Kentsumi Ahara, where I'm like, all right, maybe Jake – maybe there is something here. Maybe this guy can go, uh, but I'm not going to fall into that trap again because a lot of those matches feature Kentsumi Ahara, uh, who's just so – so good but uh yeah I, I liked it i mean this isn't tremendous it's not great it's it's probably slightly better than suama and sushi shikawa but it's like nowhere in the near in the pantheon of like shingo and, and and will like we're talking about you know just happening the same day or a day or two later or whatever i mean it's nowhere near that match but i thought a really good main event and i think probably the right result there with jake lee getting the win and uh now we'll see what he's made of and and, and what moves you know what happens moving forward but i'm right with you there's just no downside to not giving him the title right now i mean who cares if you're going to sell any amount of tickets over the next few months, it's it, it the negligible amount of tickets that you're going to sell because Suwama. I just I don't buy that. You know, 
a thousand more people are going to buy tickets, even though you probably can't even sell a thousand tickets. Two hundred more fans are going to buy two hundred more tickets because you know Suwama is the champion over Jake Lee. It's just yeah, if people are going to go if they can go. If they can't go, they can't go. It doesn't. It's just so clearly the time to give Jake Lee the title. So, what do you think about putting Sh- uh, Shotero Ashino in a tag team with Suwama coming out of all yeah. of this? Um, see. I don't know how I feel about this. I think, okay, they're going with Lee now. But and as poorly as Ashino has been booked, and in particular in this tournament, how poorly he was booked, I think putting him in a tag team with Suwama might be a sign that they do believe in him. That is true. I guess on, on that front, they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't put him in there unless, I mean, unless, he, I mean, he's going to eat a lot of pinfalls too. And that's, or if, if that team loses, he's going to eat all the pinfalls, I should say, uh, in, in that. But no, I mean, it, it, it tells you that they don't think he's an absolute nothing. He's going to be in big it, spots and he's going to be in big moments. Well, that team is going to win title. I mean, they're going to be a championship team. Okay. Um, Violent Giants is done. So this is Suama's new partner. And they had the rivalry. Right, and now they've come together since Shino did the turn, and now they're they, you know they shook it out. They're going to be partners. They're going to be a championship level team. I think this might be their way to get behind Shino as part of the tag team first, and then uh, you know go where they're wherever they're going to go with him from there. So I actually think this tag team is a good sign for him, not a bad sign. Um, so I just wanted your quick thoughts on that, and then I guess the overall with the carnival. Um, I thought Otani was good until he quote unquote got injured and pulled out. I don't know if you, cause I talked about it last week on the solo show. Um, do you think it's dubious or suspicious that Otani injures his shoulder right before the Kohei Sato match? The only person he ended up not facing in the <laughs> tournament. Well, he didn't face Zeus either, but politically, you know, Sato gets fired from zero one. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, what the hell? Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So do you think that like they book these guys for this tournament with the understanding of, okay, we're not wrestling each other. Put it at the end. Yeah. They put, put it know, towards so we, the end. Right, second right. to last match. Otani works the, the shoulder injury the match <laughs> before and then pulls out. So I thought that was kind of suspicious. I wanted your thoughts. Yeah. On that I didn't think quick. about that, but you're, you're, you're definitely onto something there. That's, that's, that's interesting. That seems uh, all too convenient, if you ask me, Joe. So, yeah, I thought that Kohei Sato was the worst guy in the tournament uh, by a pretty healthy margin. Um, we talked about how he doesn't look great physically. I don't think he wrestled well either. I can't believe they got ten points out of him. <laughs> it's yeah, it's re- I mean, unbelievable. It's one of those tournaments where everyone finished between twelve and ten for the most part, though. To be fair, um, oh, fucking all- not Sotaro Ashino, who only had eight <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, he finished third to last, which is like. And and one of the guys he finished ahead of, you know, was an injury dropout. And the other so. guy's a young, a young boy, or uh, you know, slightly above young boy, in Koji Doi. So yeah, that's, well, uh, Doi was always going to be the guy with the least points. Of course, yeah, of course. But it's like, yeah, it's but, it's, it's a lot of names in front of Sataro Shino, including Kohei Sato. <laughs> I probably would not be. have. Yeah, that yeah. probably should not be. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's and his results were puzzling. I mean, he did beat Miyahara. That's a big scalp. That's a good win. But a lot of puzzling losses. But I do think the Suwama tag team is encouraging. There's some encouraging signs here. Lee won the tournament. Ashino's going into what should be a very good tag team situation for him. But we've seen encouraging signs with this company before. It wouldn't stun me at all if Suwama beats Jake Lee. And that's 1 million percent the wrong move. 
I mean, Suwama is just a dead end situation. It's like Suwama is like putting your title on fucking Randy Orton. It's like, what's the point? It's like putting your title on. I don't even. I can't even think of like a New Japan comparison. I I, I don't even know. Like, it'd be like going back to Yuji Nagata or something, and just like I, 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 that's not even a good comp. It's just it's just dumb. You know, this company needs to make people, and Suwama's like forty-two, with a torn Achilles in his past. So, um, you know, Lee needs to win. That's all there is to it. Um. I don't know if you bothered watching, but the Stronghearts six man, ugh, it's like you watch Stronghearts and they're just. I, I try not to. It impresses me too much. Rich, with the exception of Miyahara, and I'll listen to an argument for Zeus. Stronghearts are better than anybody else on this roster. Like they're the best wrestlers on the roster, outside of Miyahara, and Zeus when Zeus is trying. I think that's the best way to put it. Sometimes Zeus is like, you know, you could tell he doesn't give a fuck. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, you watch these, I watch these guys in this six man after watching this whole tournament and watching this whole roster. And it's like, oh, these guys are just a level above the people on this roster. They just are. Um, Ishikawa and Suwama on the downside. And, you know, there's good wrestlers on this roster, but they're not, you know, you're, you're Yuma Aoyagi, so I like. But he's not on the level of, of Lindemann and T-Hawk. He just isn't. Um, your Iwamoto's. I mean, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying there's the a lot of good, yeah. but not a lot of greats on the roster. Yeah, it's, it's a solid roster, but, but a roster that's definitely lacking in, in, in top, top dudes. Yeah, like watching Stronghearts work in that match. It's like, watch, it's like when we always talk about It's like watching a guy on an indie show who's clearly the best guy on the, on the show. Like, it, that's what it came across like. But... Um, you know, they're going to go fuck around in Gleet or one of whatever fake promotion they're they're going to go fuck around in. And it's just there's the, there's the iPad promotion that they're in. Do you ever do you ever see that one? I think we, yeah. I think we follow up. Yeah, they like they stream at like, you know, 5 a.m. on on Shima's iPad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, on like something called twit casting or something. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Like, yeah, like they're, they're we're, we're in like call a number. You know what I mean? Like El Lindemann, like just, you know, call a number. Somebody's here to help. Like, it's OK. You don't have to do this. It's like. Yeah, like T Hawk, you can you can you can leave. You can go do whatever you want, man. It's it's. it's I mean, T Hawk is on the verge. He's on the verge of retiring. <laughs> he looks like sad. he's crying every single time he gets in the ring. He looks like on the verge of tears. That's like, is this are, are are is this like a human trafficking situation that we're into these days? Like, does somebody need to come and like get them or to rescue Lindemann and <laughs> like? Do they want yeah. to be here or like? Yeah, I mean, I feel when like they're at the airport. Is there? Do they look at the number that you know? Because like I, American airports always have the. Are you a victim of human trafficking? Call this number. Like, do they need to call that number? I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's. I, I seriously question it at this point. Like, it's. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, they're so good, you know, and it's just a shame that they're, you know, they have to wrestle anonymously in these places, except when they're, you know, doing their little. Because, you know, Shima's the junior champ, so he'll hang around. They'll hang around a little bit longer and then... Go you know. on to the next one. There's nowhere else to go, though. Well, they, they signed the contract with Gleet, which oh, is a great promotion. Yeah, I mean, great. I can't take that seriously. Um, Kaliga, and then, I don't know, what else, what's left yeah, after Kal- that? All these promotions, Kaliga, Gleet, 
Just oh, they'll, they'll pop FFW. up on Onita's new thing that everyone's excited about, even yeah. though it's going to definitely suck or never happen. They're going to hold two shows, and that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> right. I don't it's, it, these are all junk promotions. Just, you know, they're all fucking money laundering operations. It's like, how can you, you can't care about it. You know, I used to like give lip service or pay attention to these startups because I felt like we had to. No more. I just, I can't, I can't pay attention to Kaliga. I can't do it. I don't have time for Gleet. Okay, come to me in two, three years, and if Gleet proves that they're a regular full-time promotion and a big-time promotion, then they'll get my attention. They don't—they haven't earned my attention. These dumpy little promote these 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 non-stop startups. They need to earn my attention now. So, so no, I don't care about Gleet. I don't care about Dominic, and I don't care about Gleet. <laughs> I just I can't. I, I don't have the fucking energy or the time. To give a shit about Gleet. Um but yeah, anyway, that was the uh that was the champion carnival final with bonus Gleet burial. There you go. That's what you got. So all right, let's uh let's then get into uh quickly here Dragon Gate, uh, Dead or Alive. We have about eh, about twenty five minutes ago here, so we'll get Dragon Gate uh and AEW in here. You have you have mentioned uh, the possibility of an, an overrun. Uh, do you want to mention how you think you're going to be able to do that? Because those are all shows that I have not seen. So uh, how do we probably, want to, you are going to do an overrun, but I think it's going to be a little different than what we usually do. Uh, either that or a solo. We'll figure it out. Maybe I won't even drag you into it. It's up to you, really. Go solo. Go so- can, can you go solo? I have nothing to offer on those things, and I, I do need to go to bed at some time. I got to so, tell you, I okay. was honestly planning on a solo overrun. So... Um, as much as yeah. I would love to be involved and, and, and do a Joe take it away for four shows that I've never watched. Uh, you don't want to set me up for Super 8 takes? Not you don't wanna... really, no. Okay. We, we, went, right. we went late yesterday, and, and I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> trying to catch up from that. So I would, again, if you can have, if people listen, everybody listen to this, have your friends, their friends, their friends, and all of your family become $10 subscribers, then I will have plenty of time to do four-hour overruns where I set Joe up for ECWA Super 8 uh, 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 reviews or GCW and, and Jersey Championship Wrestling uh, shit. So this the overrun will not stream live. Joe will do a solo version, and we'll get it up uh, uh, pretty soon as well. So if you're cool with that, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm going to do a solo overrun. I think the tentative topics are going to be AAA, um, Ray DeReyes, uh the ECW Super 8, Maybe a little game changer, Jersey Championship Wrestling. I have some thoughts on that. And uh, who knows what else? There could be some surprises mm. on my sleeve. But uh, probably sometime Friday, that'll pop up on the $5 feed. But uh, yeah, we're obviously not going to get to any of those topics. So um, look for that. There'll also be a Thursday TV reviews in some form as well. So I'll there be a busy go. man tomorrow. You are a busy man. Yeah, yeah. That's uh I got WrestleMania randomizer going up to you. Getting a lot of content on this Patreon. This uh, yeah, is we got to raise the prices. Yeah, you, what you the know, hell are we doing here? We're idiots. We got to go twelve and six. <laughs> yeah, we got to go twelve we... and six. You know, the only thing stopping me from going twelve and six is then we have to go back and change all of the uh, prices on every post we ever did. So yeah, that's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, we're still trying to do that with the ten dollar thing, and it's already it's yeah. still a fucking train wreck. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll keep it to five to ten now. So. But this is stupid. Have your friends do it so I can quit my damn job and, and do this stuff full time. Anyway, uh, Dragon Gate Dead or Alive, uh, that happened on the 5th. We have a review up at VoicesWrestling.com. Case Lowe's incredible Dragon Gate reviews. Uh, this one, no exception. Also, the Open the Voice Gate podcast. If you want extended, extended thoughts about Dead or Alive, 
Uh, they recorded, I think, the same day, uh, the, the the day of Dead or Alive uh, 2021. So uh, really good stuff from those guys there, the uh, Open the Voice Gate crew. But, uh, Joe, real quickly, we'll go over this show. Um, did you see everything on the show? I, th- I, I saw think, the whole show. I can, okay, so I think... <sighs> think i did as no okay no i i missed the uh i missed the first two matches i just i i picked it up at the brave gate so i can do them quick yeah ben k bakotomo dragon hoho lund versus red so they did a great finish ben k and um big r shimizu did their old tag team finish little foreshadowing possibly okay all right yeah yeah and the match so uh look the the bukutimu dragon thing is starting to wear out it's welcome so was that a little foreshadowing that those two Hopefully. guys might be teaming again? Or was it just them having some fun in uh, you know, a pre-show opener? I don't know. But that was the big thing there. And then Ho-Ho Lung got to do the, uh, do the opener, roll out of the ring, and, and, and join the English commentary booth, which is always awesome. Yes. So. <laughs> Ho-Ho Lung's yes. the greatest. I love it. There's, there's a quote that I'm going to talk about a little bit later that, that, that just it, it popped me. I was crying for like five straight minutes when it was done. So uh, Don Fuji and Ultimo Dragon versus Mandai Ryu and Stalker Ishikawa. Yeah, well, you know, it was a match that happened. All right, there you go. <laughs> that's not Stalker's best material. No, that's night. oh man, the only comedy wrestler you like, Stalker Ishikawa. But uh, yeah, it wasn't his A material. So, um, you know, but yeah, it was based around Stalker's comedy and Don Fuji's Don Fuji. <laughs> I'm Don Fuji. Hi. Never burying that guy. <laughs> you know, he's fucking. No, Don hell no. Fuji. He'd fucking whoop your ass. He'd bury him. Or he wouldn't care. Or he wouldn't but, care. He would. Yeah, he would shrug, or he'd whoop your ass. Either way, he doesn't care. Yeah, he wouldn't care I mean, when he was beating your ass. He'd just be beating your ass because he wanted to. So, Yeah, it was, you know, it was a four-minute pre-show match. You know, what do you want from me? Uh, so then we get the Open the Brave Gate match. It's uh, Keisuke Okuda uh, versus UT. Okuda, I absolutely love. Uh, this is this is the great ho ho Lung quote. Because Okuda comes out with a rapper, and, and I forget his name, but Jay goes, oh, that's uh, X. That's Japanese rapper X who uh, did Okuda's new theme music. So the music plays, and it's a terrible song for the record. It's a horrendous song that's playing and it's blaring, and the guy's screaming, and ho ho Lung goes... Uh, I don't understand any of these words. And Jay goes, well, you don't know Japanese. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I died. Yeah, yeah. I was dying at that. Because Holon generally is like, I don't understand this song. What is he trying to say? And Jay's like, well, you don't know Japanese, do you? And he's like, oh, no, I guess I don't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the, the reason. Yeah. it's yeah. Just, God, I love those guys. And it, the best part about it is that it's totally, it, they're not doing a bit either. It's just no. Jay the straight man. And Ho-Ho-Lun, who's just, like, your nephew that's watching wrestling with you. It's just the best. He's just, a, he's just a lovable dope. He's just an idiot. He, and he had best. a line later that I can't wait to talk about when, later on that I was just like, oh, I was just smacking my forehead. Like, come on, Ho-Ho. <laughs> You know, but it's like it's like a, a not annoying Art Donovan. You know what I mean? Like Art Donovan yes. got really old after like twenty minutes. Hohola yes. never gets old, but he has no. the same charm of an Art Donovan. Like you're imagining, this is the first time he's ever seen pro wrestling, and he's just so excited about yeah. everything. And it's just it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I like that. I don't understand these words. <laughs> well, you don't know Japanese? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he just realizes, oh, you're right. I don't know Japanese. Right. right. <laughs> this is incredible. So uh, this was good. This was really, really good. Okuda, this is probably his, his most kind of normal match that he's had in, in Dragon Gate. I prefer a little bit more the, the brutal kind of hard-hitting Okuda, but this was, this was a good, good little match here for the Brave Gate. Yeah. I mean, I saw some people really going crazy for it. I didn't think it was a great match or anything. But, yeah, it didn't, it didn't reach that uh, level to me. But It kind of fell apart at the end, too. 
when, when Okuda, they, they had that little blown spot towards the end on like the, it was like a, I don't know what they were going for. It was like a, he dropped him on a fireman's carry or something. I don't know what they were. And then they kind of got lost a little bit there, but you know, it didn't destroy the match or kill the match, but it got a little sloppy towards the back end. And this wasn't the UT breakout performance that he needed. I mean, that guy is just getting passed up by every. Yeah. Generation. I mean, he, yeah, that, uh, that, that I think was the most glaring thing to me is like Okuda is like, all right, yeah, you, you know what you got out of this guy. Now he, he's a proven commodity at this point, but UT, it's just like, dude, where, where are we going here with this guy? <laughs> like he's fine. But I mean, there's so many other guys on this roster that are passing up. And the problem is the next generation is are blowing by him at this point too. So it's just like, yeah, what, what is the future for this guy? Yeah. And Okuda is just, he brings something so different to the table than the rest of a Dragon Gate show. So I think that's important. Yeah, he, he brings an aura of badass, too. Like, uh-huh. And that's that's so rare in this company. Like, And there's guys that come out and they look like that. But, I mean, he just comes out with that aura of just that swagger of just like, he I'm, just the, works I'm a the different shit. Way too. Yeah, I'm the shit and he works great, too. Yeah, so. Uh, it's really good stuff here. So Kajitora, uh, Kota Minora, Ryo Saitu, uh, and, and Kanda versus uh, Masato Yoshino, Naruki Doi, uh, and the RED team of BB Hulk and Eita. This was uh, interesting here in that Yoshino is is done. It's 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 very I sad, mean, but it's over. It's done. The guy uh, they're they're talking about how he can't move and his neck hurts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, just stop. Like it's okay. I like, think he's. I, I have faith. He's got one or two more in him. I think I so. Yeah. I honestly, if and, I were uh, him, I would just kind of sit it out for a little bit and, and and build up to that August show or make yourself healthy and and go out there and just have some bangers to to. to I want to see Speed Muscle have another. You know. Me and my my boy Bill Thompson want to get a couple more speed muscle <laughs> matches in there before he hangs speed them muscle up. match one thousand and one and one thousand and two. Uh, yeah, or, or, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, you know, but in, in all seriousness, I do want to see speed muscle one more time, and I I really won't care how good it is. Just play the hits and and give me a match against a couple of shitbag heels and. Man, the, the, the part of me would wants to see Doi turn on him. One more Just time. one. Oh, he's got to. No, he's got to turn on him one more time. Of course he does. I mean, that's kind of you know. Part of me wants to see that, but I also want to see them just you know. They should have a good run, and then at the end of it, Doi should just turn on him. You know what I mean? Like on that final night, they should shake hands, and Doi turns on him, and it's just like, oh, you, you know, leaves him laying, (laughs) just destroys him, leaves him laying, and it's just like, God damn it, Doi! Like on this moment, you had to turn on him right now. Like, come on, it's his final match. Like, you don't have to turn on him now, but that, yeah, they they need to do that. They have to do that. Yeah, I hope. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to this uh, twin gate match here. Uh, Red, uh, it was the Kaito Ishida and Kazuma Sakamoto defeat. The, uh, the student and the protege here, or the, uh, the teacher and the protege here, uh, Mochizuki and Yoshida, to uh, win the Twin Gate titles. Yeah, so that's the end of that. Um, I talked about in the preview how the Dragon Gate does that from time to time. They'll do a little short-term, fun little storyline like this. And then it wears out its welcome, and they move on. Yeah, and right, that- right. And, and that's, this one is a, the perfect timing to kind of move on from yeah. this thing, for sure. Yeah, I kind of figured this would be the result. So, yeah. Um, and the match was, it was fine. You know, it's, it's, look, this wasn't a great show. I don't know where you stand, but this was not a great show. This was a perfectly competent show, which didn't peak very high. And I can't like come on here and recommend it to people. Yeah, no, they've definitely had better shows yeah. this year and, and, and better shows recently. Yeah, this this is fine, but not not great at any level. Right. 
Uh, and it's not going to get a whole lot better as we mentioned a few of these more and matches. And had here. some bad luck too. Wasn't and it had some really, really bad luck because yeah, the open the triangle gate match was a masquerade, uh, defeating Natural Vibes uh, to win the titles. Thirteen minutes, so nice and tidy uh, little match here, which is good for triangle gate matches because sometimes they can go a little uh, long here. But uh, yeah, the work in this was a little sloppier than I would have liked, and it didn't seem like anybody was really on the the same page. And and that's rare because you know Dragon Gate usually everyone's just like in lockstep and everyone's just you know working on, at, at the same pace. But yeah, this one got a little sloppy at times and a little weird at times. Uh, and it definitely felt like it, it hurt the match. Like La Estrella, uh, there was a few times where he he kind of messed something up and it just brought the match to a complete grind. And he's still super, super young as well. So you understand why that happens. But uh, and, and, and and Jason Lee is very young as well still, too. But uh, I don't know. I, I expected this to be a little bit better than it was. And it was it was it was fine, but it, it, it was not great. I can't call it great at, at any level. Estrella, he um, he completely choked on a flying space tiger drop and had yeah. to redo it. Like he just he just couldn't get over the rope, and then, yeah, he just didn't do it. Yeah, and then, and then time froze still, again. and then yeah. they 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 all waited for him, and it's like, oh, this is a fucking. That's one of those situations where he probably just uh, do a suicide dive. Yeah, go and do a suicide dive, or or, or, or yeah, immediately just do a lame ass fucking springboard move. Don't reset the spot <laughs> especially when it's is... the sasuke special like it, it's it's so yeah. dorky then to bounce against the ropes and flip and all the guys have to sit up there again it just makes it yeah it completely ruins it so yeah and there was a little there was some other sloppiness here but um there was some good stuff too i mean kz hit like a uh flying uppercut uh on on dragon dia towards the back end that looked great and Jason Lee is always solid and, you know, Yokozuka. But, yeah, it wasn't a great match. We got the title change. Masquerade won the title. Again, that was the right right call. Um, they, they should have won the titles, and they did. But both of these uh, threesomes have better matches in them for sure. Uh, then we move on to uh, a match with very, very bad luck here. And a man with very bad luck here. Open the Dream Gate match. Shun Skywalker defending his Open the Dream Gate title against Hip Hop Kakuda. It ends in four minutes and 33 seconds by, quote, referee's decision, but Kakuda's shoulder either separated or something happened. The match stood still as they kind of figured out what they were going to do. He rolls out of the ring. He comes back in the ring. Shun Skywalker puts him in a hold. Kakuda, I don't know what happened if he thought, hey, no, I'm good. I can do the match because he tries to get in the ropes, and then they just have a guy on the outside throwing the towel, and the match is over. So, uh, sucks. Yeah, it's an absolutely terrible way to finish this. And unfortunately, uh, Another uh, what fifty percent of these Shun Skywalker matches have had a guy get seriously injured at a, at a point and kind of ruin the match. That that absolutely sucks uh, for this guy. But uh, yeah, really for Hip Hop Kakuda it sucks because you know this is a big spot for him, a Dreamgate title match. He gets in there, he does one little kind of innocuous spot where he just does a drop down and, and something happens to his shoulder and he tries to get going. You can see that he thinks he's like no 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 I'll go I'll go I'll go. But like, smartly, uh, Dragate and the and the other guys are just like no 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 dude what are you doing like match is over just. It's okay. We'll we'll move on. So there's a way they can tell a story with this, which is going to be cool in, in the future. But uh, it sucks for this moment here in this match because you look at the other times in this match, and this was clearly a match that was designed to go a lot longer than it did. Uh, well, obviously a lot longer than it did, but but designed probably to go pretty damn long and, and and be a pretty important match. But yeah, unfortunately, it's only four minutes. So yeah, only his third singles match ever, and this was really a big spot for him. Uh, Could have been a star making performance. Whatever story they were going to tell, he was going to lose anyway. But whatever story they were going to tell obviously went out the window. So who knows what would have happened coming out of the match. That's all thrown awry. It's just a really bad break. And I'm gutted for the guy. I feel bad for him. Um, Because it happened so soon into the match as well. And I think what happened was it was a very innocuous spot where he 
threw out his shoulder or whatever it was. A very innocuous looking spot, and he rolled out of the ring. And I think at that point, everybody figured out, okay, well, how are we going to get out of this? He clearly can't wrestle. And I think they designed, they did that by design because he rolled back in the ring and immediately Skywalker put him in a Fujiwara armbar on the injured arm. So I think that that was the idea that I think they, they worked it out on the fly that they were going to do the, you know, throw in the towel. They're like, okay, he's, everyone sees that this arm is hurt. So why don't we just work a finish around it? And that's how we'll get out of this rather than just count him out or something like that. Because then at least it looks like he showed some guts. Right, yeah. right, right. Whether that was shoot or whether that was the work, yeah, that, that, it's Either a cool way, way to do the finish. Yeah, because it's it's it shows that he did not want. It. He was no, 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 I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. And yeah. it was the RED guys that that instead that threw the towel. Uh, that threw yeah. the towel. So yeah, it's a cool way to. Like I said, they they can now tell a story out of this. And that's smart. Pro wrestlers can think on their feet and, and and do that quickly. So it's it's good that they had the whole brain trust of Dragon Gate down to the ring there. Uh, including a lot of the RED guys that that yeah, either they came up with that on the fly or whatever. Uh, but it totally worked, and it's going to be a story down the line, too, when these guys eventually do get in the ring again. So uh, they'll make the best of this bad moment, but yeah, this is a pretty shitty moment, unfortunately. We had another Ho-Ho moment, as Jai and Ho-Ho were obviously confused at what was going on and trying to figure it out on their own when he was out there selling the arm. And um, at first, they were thinking that maybe this was part of the match, and, and Red was like pulling some deception. And then when they realized that he was well, and then and then Ho Ho gave a Ho Ho line. He like totally just breaks and he and he says to Jai, "Do you think he's really hurt?" <laughs> and it's like, uh, kayfabe, dude. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He didn't say it in a way of like he said it like he like wasn't, they're friends. Like he's asking yeah. his friend, "Hey, do you think he's really hurt?" Yeah, <laughs> not not or talking not, to another wrestler. Yeah, right, right. He, he forgot he had a headset on and was broadcasting to the fucking English speaking world. And he's like, Oh, do you think he's really hurt? And, you know, Jai's like, Oh, well, yeah, it looks like his uh, shoulder. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. He might have trouble continuing, you know, trying to cover for it. But another ho ho moment as, uh, yeah, as Kakuta was holding the shoulder. Oh, my God. And then we get to our final match here, which was not a traditional kind of a dead, dead or alive cage match. A little a little different here. Uh, this is a steel cage survival tag team match. So it was Kai and Yamato that had a team together, hated rivals teaming together, uh, versus Dragon Kid and SB Kento, hated rivals that had a team together. And the idea here was that, uh, you know, you, you could leave the cage, and when you did that, uh, you left your opponent or your your tag team partner by himself, but that the the, guy, the losing team was going to have to face each other in a tag match. So there was some strategy in terms of how you 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 know way way like you know escaping the cage and also way not losing the tag match a, a, as well. So uh, Kai got out of there immediately, just kind of said, "Ah, fuck it, I don't really give a shit, dude. <laughs> figure it out on your own. Uh, if we have to have a match, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out anyway." Uh, Dragon Kid left after him. And then Yamato uh, uh, left as well, leaving Dragon Kid and Kento to have a hair versus mask match uh, at the end, which uh, Dragon Kid won, and SB Kento had to uh, shave his hair. So uh, what do you think of this match? A little convoluted rules. I wasn't super, super into it, even though the feud is cool, and I like the, you know, the dynamics of both guys, but I thought it was just a little too convoluted for me and just a little too weird for me. But they, that such is the Dragon Gate that are live matches, so it's okay. Didn't love it. I think the wind got taken out of the sails of the show with the injury. Sure. The crowd extent. felt the crowd felt that way too. They didn't they didn't care. I hate to do the they weren't clapping very loud, but the crowd just didn't seem to really care about this match much at all. Atmosphere wasn't great. Um, you know, the dead or alive cage matches are always a little weird. Uh, sometimes they're a lot of fun. They're fun sometimes, but rarely good. Does that make yeah, sense? Does that work? Correct. Like I love watching them, but I don't think they're good. <laughs> you know, so sometimes they're fun, sometimes they're just bad. 
and they're but they're always wacky, you know. And and um, I don't know. I didn't love any of this. I mean, I guess the the singles match portion was pretty good. And then you know Kento loses, and you know the the cocky little shit gets humbled a little bit, you know. And he shaved his own head. He he wanted to shave his own head. Yeah, and all that, that was cool. That was a cool moment too, where a real badass moment where instead of letting anybody else have the the you know he sits down, grabs the clippers, yanks them out of people's hands, and he goes, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and he shaves his own head, and you know doesn't give anybody else the pleasure of doing it, which is a nice little. I mean that that kid's he's fucking great. He's gonna be really really good. Yeah, he'd be a huge star, and it and I mean we didn't get a big angle coming out of it or anything but that was like a big moment for him of shaving his own head he got humbled he was in there with veterans he lost and he shaved his own head and was very defiant in doing so so um you know that's the story of it all but you know was it a great match or something people need to go watch no no definitely not well, it wasn't really a great show i mean i you know the show was fine i didn't think it was a bad show but it was closer to being a bad show than it was being a good show if that yeah. makes sense yeah it's, it's definitely fair all right, so we are out of time, but I will. Uh, well, yeah, we got we got a f- five minutes, so I'll do I'll do five minutes here real quickly. A, uh, AEW take no prisoners uh, Friday night, so tomorrow night uh, streaming live on uh, on Fight TV as well. So voicesofwrestling dot com slash fight uh, if you want to order that, that will help us out a little bit. Voicesofwrestling dot com slash fight if you want to uh, watch it live. Uh, I will be there live in person, as I said, the first live wrestling show I've been to since AEW uh, Revolution twenty twenty, and I am very excited. Uh, just to see live wrestling, any live wrestling, but this is a goddamn good card on paper. You have uh, AEW World Championship match, Mance Warner versus Freddie A. High. We've been talking about those live episodes, uh, which we, we've been watching. And if you're not watching, you should definitely, definitely go out of your way uh, to check out the AEW Live uh, uh, show. And they're doing a TV taping as well. I don't know, because of the TV taping like and because of my work schedule, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to get there for all of the TV taping, but I'll uh, I'll be tweeting stuff out. Uh, throughout the day, but uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I want to spoil the alive stuff. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with that. But uh, I'll try to get there in time for the alive stuff. But uh, yeah, the pay per view itself has been very, very well built on their TV show. Uh, but Mance Warner versus Freddie A. High, uh, AW World Championship match. Leo Rush versus Laredo Kid, which was recently announced. Uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, AW Heritage Championship, Myron Reed versus Matt Fitchett. Uh, Allison K versus Sky Blue, which sounds like a pretty fun match as well. Nice. It's been a solid build. Uh, to that as well. Davey Vega versus ACH. Finally, a great chance to see ACH uh, in person again. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus Gringo Local and the very dangerous TBD. Now, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to tip my cap on who I think TBD might be, but uh, there was a certain man that uh, was wrestling on on Alive and Laredo Kids on this match, and I don't know. We'll see, Joe. But uh, I think I'll enjoy who the the man that is the question mark here. Um, but uh, Ali Catch. Versus Sation, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, Hakeem Zayn versus Dante Leon. And also announced Jake something, Matthew Justice, Manders, Braden Lee, and Ace Perry uh, as well on this show. But that's a hell of a show for my return back to the uh, the world of live wrestling. Aren't there new eps of a live up that set all this up now? Yes. After yeah, they, the they did. Yeah, about. from the last. Uh, we th- we talked about it, what, two weeks ago? Um, yeah. I have caught up. Yeah, there, there's a show that just aired a few days ago that that basically the go home. You know, so how many would I have to watch or would someone have to watch to be before this? I think two. I think just two okay. at, at the point. I mean, honestly, you can really watch the last episode, the one that they just released. Yeah. Because they go real hard and really well, I mean, if you like wanted to watch one. everything, how many more are there between? Between what we talked about and, and, and today, and, I believe and, there's two. Yeah. I believe there's okay. two. Okay. Because that's what I want to do. I want to watch. I, I want to say two, maybe three, but I think I think it's just two. Um Okay. Looking at it, but uh, yeah, uh, not a ton that happens. So like, really, I mean, like, not a ton of new build, 
uh, in it, but I mean, it, it just kind of progresses the stories a little bit. But otherwise, yeah, it sounds like on paper a, a really, really good card. Manser versus Yehai, uh, they've done a really good job of building that up, so that'll be great. Uh, Leo Rush versus Laredo Kid, just a, a great match between two really, really good wrestlers. And Myron Reed and Matt Fitchett. I mean, definitely, definitely, if you have ever slept on Matt Fitchett, that you'll see in this match that he's just uh, tremendous. And, and even Allison Kay and Sky Blue, I think they've done a really good job of building that up with Allison Kay being kind of the, the bigger, taller woman and, and, and Sky Blue being the young, short, she's like five, four foot nine or whatever. Uh, so they've done a good job of, of, of kind of building that story up. And it's all about Sky Blue kind of proving that that she belongs and, and Allison Cave kind of being the big bully. And, and then hell, it's ACH versus Davey Vega. So let me tell you something about Sky Blue. She wrestled genocide on power this week, power surge. And um, I was so impressed. I'd seen Sky Blue a couple times, was not very impressed a couple of times, was, you know, didn't make much of an impression on me other times. But this match against genocide, I could see what people see in Sky Blue. I think that. Uh, she is a virtual lock to be on national television full time someday. Oh, uh, no doubt. Yeah, she's got long. a great, great look, but the work is now coming along too, and she's rock solid. Genocide has—I know I'm the only person watching. <laughs> yes, genocide has been the breakout. Hard to say star when no one's paying attention. Let me put it to you this way: If Power was still on YouTube, everyone would be talking about genocide. That's. She is the breakout star of, of the power season that no one's watching. And she had an excellent match against uh, this sky blue. That match convinced me, you know, uh, you know, and she's an AAW regular and they're obviously giving her a push and they're going to push her. She's in there with the veteran, Allison K. She will be on national television. So I don't know how long it's going to take. I know she, I think she's had some AEW matches already on. Dark. Uh, she's been on dark a few times. Yeah. She's, she's, she has been on dark. So yeah. yeah and it, she's, and, and now she's doing NWA. So she's on, look, this is hardly a hot take because people were obviously ahead of this more, you know, faster than we were because they're booking her, but you know, she's, you know, to me, it's a lock. So look, I don't think, you know, she's not Sasha Banks, but you could see the, what's there. You could see the tools. You can see, you could project it. She's projectable. How about that? Yeah, for sure. No, you, you can you can absolutely see it. She has, she has a, yeah. a definitely like a, a TV look to her, and and, oh, and yeah. Yeah, as long as the as the in ring gets there, uh, yeah, she'll be she'll be she'll be fine. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and and the problem is like I I think what, what of what I've seen of her is that she kind of has succumbed sometimes to like kind of the gimmicky indie bullshit, which is it's easy to do. You go in there, and that's kind of the tenor of the company and all that sort of stuff. And that's what we've always said. Like if you if you if you treat it like a joke, then it's a joke. But when she goes in there in real companies, she just goes out there and, and and just works. And when she does that, she's really really good. So um, yeah, yeah. The less I she does, of... work in progress, no doubt. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard. No, no. She's. I mean, I think she's a kid too, isn't she? Very she's young, like twenty two or something like that. Some stupid yeah. young age, like just annoyingly young or something. Yeah, um, she's not. Listen, I'm not suggesting. I'm not putting her on Raw tomorrow to wrestle Charlotte. All, what I'm saying is she's very projectable. So I definitely see national TV in her future. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and at the rate that people get signed these days, I, I was going to say in today's you know atmosphere, she's going to get signed yeah. like very, very In a very year. Quickly. She'll be yeah, signed yeah, in a year. For sure. Yeah. All right, so that is that. So I'll be tweeting out uh, a, a, a report live there, and I'm just very happy to go to live wrestling again, finally, after <laughs> a very, very, very long time. So, uh, again, as I said, streaming live uh, as well on, on Fight TV. So voiceofwrestling.com slash fight uh, if you want to watch that live. And, and AEW is worth your time. They've been really, really good since uh, 
uh, they've come back and 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 this show appears to be no no exception. So or we'll see. We'll see how it delivers. But uh, it'll be at their 115 Bourbon Street uh, venue as well. So it won't be the same like you know galley lucha arena that they do with the side of a you know an abandoned mall. It won't be that. It'll be an actual venue and an actual place. And 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 it appears to to have a uh, there'll be a decent crowd there uh, as well. So it'll be pretty cool to. Uh, to we said we do more indies and we're yep. gonna do more. And we're doing more of them. So. And and remember overrun. So yep. Uh, if you want to hear about AAA, uh, Ray DeReyes, if you want to hear about ECWA Super 8, if you want to hear about Game Changer Jersey Championship Wrestling's weekend from last weekend, uh, subscribe to the $5 tier. There will be an overrun this week. Again, more indies. Uh, trying to do some different indies too, not just the Game Changer universe. So, uh, And we will review the AAW show next week, obviously, as well, because Rich will be there live. Yep. So, um that's it. I guess wrap it up, Rich. There you go. Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling for that overrun and all the other content we did, including our instant reaction of uh, of Blood and Guts. If you're wondering, hey, they didn't talk about Blood and Guts, and hey, the TV reviews, they're not going to talk about Blood and Guts. Well, we talked about it for two hours last night. Patreon.com uh, slash Voices Wrestling. So anyway, that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voices Wrestling flagship podcast.